folks. Welcome to Dabbling and Dribbling with Alex and Bry. Hey. Um, and this is our second full episode, which I'm super stoked about. Um, so let's get into it. Yeah. Why don't we uh, Why don't we start with the association? The association. To start off. The National Basketball Association. <laughs> That's what they're calling it. All right. Let's Let's talk about it. So we're into the second round, and we have our two teams. Or, sorry, two matches going on in the West, two in the East. Mm-hmm. So in the West, we have the Golden State Warriors and the Jazz, mm-hmm. Utah Jazz. We have the San Antonio Spurs and the Houston Rockets. Yep. And in the East, we have the Cavs and the Raptors, mm-hmm. Cleveland and Toronto. And then we have the Washington Wizards and the Boston Celtics. Where do we want to start? Um, let's go West to East in that order that you, you, okay. you spoke of. All right. So Warriors and Jazz. Takeaways. Warriors are going to win. Yep. Next. That's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, moving on. We have the uh, Spurs and the Rockets, though. That That's a little bit more fun. That's, to, that's been interesting. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, you know, I, just, I, think I really love watching Kawhi Leonard play. I love the silent assassin that he is. Yeah. He went uh, 13 for 16 in game two for yeah. 34 points. Yeah. He went, he went next level. Yeah. Because it makes it matters, right? Like you're in the playoffs. You're not going to play, some, like you're not playing small ball. You're not playing. You're the right. you're the big leagues. You're in the playoffs. You don't have Tim Duncan. Which you know. after game one they kind of did have Tim Duncan, so they got whooped in game one. Right. No. And then after game one, Tim Duncan paid a visit to the San Antonio Spurs. Like Tim's not going anywhere. He's part of the franchise still. Sure, but he gave him a little pep talk. Right. As one does. It, Pop, Pop's magic is Tim. Yeah. That's his little sprinkle of magic. Well, he's one of... Pop has his own magic. Sure. Right, no, no. It's, but Tim right. is, like, one of these, like, things... He's one of these mystical figures you can call on at this point. He's starting to go into the same kind of mystique as, like, a George Gervin Iceman. Mm. Like, with the franchise. He's going to be that Who's guy. Who's George Gervin? Uh, the Iceman played... Number 44 for the Spurs played in the... 70s and 80s, I believe, mm-hmm. and he was just their all-star player. Just in and out, points on points on points. Mm-hmm. So he was amazing. Um, so he lives in Spurs legend forever. But Tim Duncan, I would say, after David Robinson, is that next yeah. cornerstone player. But, uh, yeah, Tim coming in, I think, was like, hey, wake-up call. Right. I've been here since I got drafted. That's 19 years. Yeah. I've made the playoffs for 19 years. Yeah. So I'm kind of a big deal. You're gonna go out and like be down by 30 points. Yeah, that's it. It was fr- embarrassing. It's the worst. Yeah, deficit in playoff history for mm-hmm. that franchise. Mm-hmm. It was like no, first year out. So I thought it was good that he came in, and then game two, they rolled. Yeah, I mean, I think the Rocket. I think on the in the West, the Rockets and um, the Spurs are the more interesting team yeah. to watch, just because they both great teams. Mm-hmm. Great coaching staff, great players. Everything is very interesting. So it really could be either one of them mm-hmm. winning it at the end of the day to go to the semifinals. We've already or the finals of the West. Yeah, we've already established on the last episode that we both think Russell Westbrook should win the MVP award. Yes. So if James Harden, James Harden may not win it. Then, uh, do you think Mike D'Antoni might win Coach of the Year for his work with the Rockets? I'm trying to think of other... There's Kerr, there's Popovich. Right. I mean, those are really, like, standard, very safe bets to have. Great teams. Did anyone else fly way above 
No, I can't think of any. Like, I'm trying to think of maybe in the... No, not even in the East. I wouldn't even put... There's I'll, no... give, I'll give a nod to Quinn Snyder with the Utah Jazz right. for what he's done with that franchise. But, but, but he doesn't... In the, in the caliber of all of the teams? Right. of like Yeah. No. Um, I think he might get it. Yeah. I, can, I mean, you could always give it to Popovich every year. And, and no one's going to be... A, like. I mean, some people may be upset about it, you know, the haters out there. Because haters are going to hate. That's what they do. And players are going to play. That's their job. That's so. <laughs> let's go with uh, Mike D'Antoni. Maybe it's his year to finally get. After so many years since the Suns, mm-hmm. he struggled with the Lakers. Yep. He struggled with the Knicks. Yep. And somehow I he still like he kept getting his... coaching jobs. Yeah, which is so interesting. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand how coaches like, and maybe this is an area that I just don't understand or, or yeah. done my own research on. I just don't understand how coaches get Recycled. hired and. And, like, the front offices of all of the franchises are are interesting. Yeah, like, Byron Scott Mm -hmm. had not had any winning years with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Right. And then he got hired with the Lakers franchise. Mm -hmm. And you you were like, oh, I thought, you know. And then I think he was with New Orleans right before that. I think so. Yeah, Chris Paul. And he also wasn't, like, great with them. Right. But but I just don't know his coaching style. And I guess when he walks into an interview, he can talk about what he's learned and his philosophy. Mm -hmm. And maybe organizations understand that better than you and I, the fans. Right. Because when my dad watches TV and watches Byron Scott, he says... he thinks a lot of things for Byron Scott, mm-hmm. but, but that doesn't weigh in when he gets a job interview. So there must be something we don't know. So yeah. Dan Tony found a system that worked for him in making the choice to move James Harden from shooting guard to point guard, mm-hmm. paid dividends. And James Harden is a phenomenal passer, great ball handler, and he's led the Rockets very far this year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's interesting about the West. Yeah. So. That's cool. All right. Eastern Conference. Uh, let's do. Okay, let's do Cavs. Raptors, Cavs. Yeah. Oh, by the way, who do you think's... Let's go back to the West for a second. Who do you think's coming out of the Rockets, Spurs? It's 1-1 right now. Yeah. I I, I think it might go to a seven game. I think it go seven. I think it'll go seven. I don't... I genuinely don't know. My guess is good, as good as yours. I think... I think it might be the Rockets. Though I like my heart wants to say the Spurs because like I have like a special place in my heart sure. for Pop, but I I think if I can think rationally, and if I like look at numbers, I look at players, I look at like the lo- the longevity. What you, yeah, what do you think does it for them? I just think they, I just think they have a better they have a not I don't I mean, they don't have a stacked team, but mm-hmm. they have a better like well rounded team. Their I think. core, their yeah. core, yeah, yeah, not by much, but like mm-hmm. they have. I think they have. I, I think Kawhi and Pop's leadership and experience could t- make them win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know. Oh, Tony's out for the rest of the series. Tony Parker. FYI. Wait, when did that happen? I just found this out today. Because he had a... I completely a, uh, missed that. He had a... Uh, there's something... I think it's a leg injury. I forget. Ankle or something like that. I mean, Tony's been playing for a minute. Right. He's so, been playing for a while. If Tony's out, then I give the nod to the Rockets. But... Only by a narrow margin. Um, he ruptured his qu- his quad tendon. Ooh, that sounds important. That sounds quad is that's <clears throat> huge. Fever yeah. is the largest bone in your body, and your quads are in that area. 
It's been a while since I've taken biology. And You're anatomy. Welcome. What? <laughs> that that thing. Anatomy, biology. Well, I have a sister who's going to be a doctor, so we talk about these things, so I remember it a little bit more. No, it helps. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, with Tony out, which is now, I will give it to the Rockets, because I think Tony's experience, I don't think he's, like, as good as he was in the past. Of but course, like, yeah. But I think his experience being in those high-pressure situations you know, being the guy to shoot that three or that two or that Mm -hmm. free free throw has always been, I think will always be very helpful for a team. That experience, that, that ability to manage the stress of a, of the playoffs, which is incredibly stressful Mm -hmm. is going to, is going to be helpful. Right. And I think that's where pop comes in as the experienced coach. Who's Mm -hmm. been to the playoffs pretty much every season he's ever really coached the Spurs. Um, yeah, that's what that's what, like yeah. that might that might be their edge, but I think the Rockets have a, a healthier and yeah. more well-rounded team. And I think the Rockets are quicker, and yeah. I think they shoot the three better as a team. And yeah, yeah, so they have better shooters. Their like, movement yeah. and their threat from outside. I mean, you have two people on the Spurs like Lamarcus Aldridge and Pau Gasol, but the Rockets can stretch the floor right. so much with the three ball. So yeah. like, yeah, I'll give it to the. I almost feel like what it's sacrilege. What was that sound that came I out of your mouth? I <laughs> almost feel like it's sacrilege to say I take the Rockets in seven because no, of the Spurs. No, that's how I feel too. That's what, because I, This yeah. could be the year. This could be the year. This Maybe James year. Harden moves on to face the Golden State Warriors. Okay. Fear the beard. That would. Fear the beard in that seven. Would, that would actually kind of be exciting for me. Yeah. Beard in seven. I would love to see him play Steph Curry. And that whole Splash Brother team. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll we'll see what it shakes down to. All right, moving on to the Cavs and Raptors. Cavs and Raptors. What do we know about that series? The Cavs, like, I mean, they're what? What? How, what's the what's it's, the series right now? They're up two zero. I think Cavs are up two. Right? Yeah, they're up two zero. And they're currently playing right now. They're in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Cavs are leading. Cavs whooped their butts. Yeah. Like I think both mightily. Like very. Very uh, well. The was last, it both game or was it last no. one? They won by like a like fifteen or something like that. Wasn't it was crazy? No, no la- the last one they won by like uh, twenty two points. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, I'm like that's different. <laughs> and the other one was about ten, uh, eleven points. So yeah, so the last game was the one I saw, and I and there were some you know basic mistakes that happen in any game just as far as defense is concerned mm-hmm. just if defense wise Cavs are just not as good as I've no I think they could be sure um but you know just the the way the savageness of Kyrie Irving and LeBron James their passing and their dunking mm-hmm. while they were like up very you know up very comfortably yeah in the third or fourth quarter I was just like damn they really want this, and they want this to be done in four games because they want to rest and be ready for whoever is next on the other side from the other games. I think the Cavs are going to take it. Uh, and how many Again, games? Again, experience. I think they're going to take it in four. Yeah. Four, maybe four. five, but four. I think four, just because Kyle Lowry is not now five, out. Six, yeah. Yeah, Kyle yeah. Lowry's not playing. So yeah. he's got an injury with his ankle. I don't think they're going anywhere anytime fast. And... Cavs, see, Cavs swept the last series, so I think they'll sweep this one, too. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. He, but they're not, the Raptors are much better than the Pacers. We'll yes. say that. Yeah. But the Raptors, uh, toward the end, uh, nearing the playoffs, have not been as solid a team. And yes. with Kyle Lowry out, I just don't think they have 
what it takes. And again, you have a team that's been to the to the, the final has been all the way mm-hmm. when you when you look at the Cavs. So again, the mental capacity to handle the, the play to to handle the playoffs, they have it. The Raptors don't. Right. You know, wish we, them well. Drizzy loves you. That's awesome. But like, yeah. you know, Drizzy's yeah. not going to help you get points and do what you need to do. If they take advantage of the poor quality of the, the Cavs defense, defense mm-hmm. then maybe there's maybe there's something something well, that could work. That's but, DeRozan's job. Like yeah. DeMar DeRozan has to right. do his work and he'll have to step up. I mean, we need like a 45 point game for DeMar DeRozan for them to actually have a chance. And that's a lot to ask for one person. It is a lot. He's had a great year, but I mean, he hasn't stepped into that right. You remember the last time Toronto was a really good team in the playoffs and they faced the Philadelphia 76ers. It was like Vince Carter and oh. Allen Iverson. Oh, yeah. It was back in the early 2000s. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, it was 2001. That is the early 2000s. That's how. That's what early means. Well, I'm just saying. The Pacers <laughs> were in like... Two, I think Pacers were 2000 against the Lakers mm-hmm. and then the 2001... Yeah, it was 2001 mm-hmm. where AI went against the Lakers. Yeah. And the Lakers had swept everybody before that right. first game. Um, but I remember... The conference finals and Vince Carter having like a fifty point game or something mm-hmm. like that. He was nuts. Right. I Demar Derozan needs to go to that level. Yeah. At this point. But, but I yeah. mean, you would have to do that for every game every because game the Cavs, Cavs. Like, the Cavs have again. I think the Cavs have the mental capacity on top of you know they're scoring well. They're 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 whooping. Your, they're taking mm-hmm. advantage of turnovers. They're taking advantage of. Really, do you really need to shake? Sorry guys. Did we talk about Wrigley? We talked about Wrigley in the okay. like like for like a like a second. Okay. But Wrigley's my dog. You'll hear him like eat and shake and do things like that. He ruins stuff, but like he's adorable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's my thoughts on. I think the Cavs are going to take it. Okay, you know, uh, do you know what LeBron is nearing as his next milestone record? Well, he passed. Somebody for playoff scores. Some Kareem fella. Yeah, some he's some old guy. <laughs> like it's really tall. He's, he's he, not. He's still yet. alive. He's still. I've heard. I've heard he's still alive. They've seen him around, like, <laughs> like Bigfoot sightings. They're like, yeah, I've he's seen around. Kareem. And he, you know, I I thought about this the other day. Kareem doesn't have a statue yet. He At doesn't all. have a statue. He's the leading scorer in NBA history. By not a wait. A why is margin. why why did they give Shaq a statue before him? That's exactly the question that Kareem is wondering every time he goes to the Staples Center. So, for those of you who don't know, Shaq recently got a a huge statue put mm-hmm. in the Staples Center. Not, not like it's a bronze statue. Yeah. Outside of the Staples Center, very similar. If you ever go to the United Center in Chicago, there's a huge statue of Michael Jordan doing his classic. Like jump that he does for mm. his his slam dunk and this one, it's a very interesting like statue. I like Shaq statue. I, I like it, but it's also I'm just like I feel like I'm seeing up your sh- up your shorts because like the way that he's like you're like just, Chris Dudley. You're like Chris Dudley of the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, <I'm just laughs> like, like, I'm just like, I don't need to see that. This, but. Is, a, this is a full view. I don't want. Um, he, but I like that they went like okay, classic look bronze statue. Right. right. We don't go. We don't go like. Postmodern, industrial, contemporary, right. like We're abstract statue, yeah, classic, classic bronze statue. But unlike the other statues, he's he's slam dunking on a rim, right? And, and so his both hands are on the rim, face is above his body from below. 
This thing is hanging. Right. Like, all the other statues are freestanding from the ground up. Yeah, there's something, there is something underneath the statue supporting it. Absolutely. He is connected to the side of the building, hanging above the ground. And you can see through his shorts. I mean, that's like, in, you like, you know. through his shorts. You know what I mean. <laughs> right. I, that's what I'm just like, I feel weird about butt. it. I see I see your booty. You don't see his face, really, if you're no. standing on the ground. Maybe you can yeah. see it from, like, an angle. Sure. But his, his butt is blocking the view of his face. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like... <laughs> Yeah, no. I, I think just think it's funny because you said butt, and I'm, you know, five years old. Clearly, <laughs> he's. But sh- I love the check has a is a atypical statue because yeah. he was an atypical kind of player. I mean, and he's, you know, when you think about all of his accomplishments, like both educationally, <laughs> the things that he's doing, even career wise, from Kazam, his com- <laughs> Kazam, the the award, like it's robbed for that robbed that for an Oscar. Oscar. I've been saying this for decades. <laughs> that is Space Jam. Like that's, that's don't remake Space Jam, please. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> I know, but I just you know why feelings. <laughs> it's just my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm. You're right. I'm so surprised that Kareem doesn't have one. And look at this. Kobe, you think Kobe's gonna have I one? I do think so. So here's what's gonna happen. Magic has one. Right. Uh, Shaq, Shaq has, has one. Right. There were rumblings about Kareem being disgruntled. Like, can I get a statue? Like, the the he's thing is, he's such a nice he's man. He's nice, but he's not beloved. And that oh, was the yeah. thing. They had the whole going away tour for him mm. when he uh, retired. Yeah. And. Every team acknowledged him and gave him these these gifts of mm-hmm. appreciation. That said, after he left the league, nobody wanted him as a telecommentator. Nobody used him in their front offices. He didn't get coaching. I don't know if he went out for coaching jobs, yeah. but like people didn't consult him. Right. He was just this guy with this legendary skyhook move and just like all the points in the world. Right. And then he just went away. And so then, but Magic, Magic became the businessman that he is, right. owning teams and, like, part of front offices. Now he's, like, what, president of the Lakers? Mm-hmm. He is. So then, Making moves there. Yeah, good for him. He's still in the, the culture. Right. And then Shaq was so beloved, he got a statue. Kobe retired. Kobe will have a statue. Will he have it before Kareem? I think he will. Oh, damn. He's so still I'm in sorry. the Lakers. Yeah. I'm sorry. Kareem, we love you. And You're welcome to come to the podcast. Yeah, if no one else says their appreciation, <laughs> thank you for all the years of your service. Yeah, but I'm pretty pretty certain that certain people like LeBron James is going to pass you at some point. So he passed. In his he's he probably won't pass him in all time career points, but in playoff you don't points, think so? he just nah. Kareem's got like thirty eight thousand. Uh huh. And, and where's he at right now? LeBron. Yeah. He's at like twenty. He's eighth, but it's like twenty six. Twenty-five or twenty-six thousand. I don't know, man. He doesn't have to. I don't think he gets fourteen more thousand, fourteen thousand more points. But we'll see. I mean, he might never pass, say never. He will pass. LeBron will pass Kobe for third. Right. And he, if he's lucky, can pass Carl uh, Malone, who has right. thirty-six. Right. That that might happen. So LeBron's still young. He's thirty-two. If yeah. he stays till he's forty, which I think Kareem stayed till he was forty. Yeah. Uh, he could be number two. Number one, he'd have to be like, we're talking LeBron at 39, still scoring 27, 28 points a game. That's a lot. At 39, at I 39. foresee LeBron scoring like... T- 20? 20. I would say 18 to 20. Yeah. And still being important. Yeah. Facilitating more. More assists. He's more, he's more the leader. Yeah. And I'd like, I will put this out on record. Mm-hmm. I think Kyrie Irving will win a league MVP in the next two years. 
You heard it here first. Two years. Kyrie. Heard it here first at Dabbling in Berlin. <laughs> Kyrie, cutting him with the crossover. <laughs> um, but I just thought that was funny that uh, I just noticed Kareem. But anyway, he passed Kareem. The next one on the list mm-hmm. for all-time playoff points, the one and only Michael Jordan, number one. At this rate, LeBron is set to pass Michael Jordan for all-time playoff points in the semifinal, in the conference finals. Y'all don't, y'all don't see my face, but <laughs> I don't care. He's, I have, like, an unwavering love for Michael, and that's because come, growing up from Chicago, it's just he's always going to be the GOAT for me. Yeah. And, you know. Rightly so. Good, You should. I have feelings about it, but because I also know that LeBron's probably going to make Space Jam, too, and I have a lot of feelings about that, too. But, you know, yeah, it's going to happen because, you know, he's had more more time in the league than Michael did, so of course he's going to pass him. Oh, my goodness. And I'm just going to say that, even though, whatever. <laughs> this is an irrational argument that I'm making, and I recognize that. I have no words for this. Um, but, yeah, we're just going to have to get comfortable with the fact that LeBron, at the end of this year, if he goes to the finals... Probably will be the all-time greatest playoff scorer in NBA history. That is so crazy to think. Yeah. He was a high school kid yeah. who came in the league, and, we're, and he got a shoe. By the way. He got a shoe. He got a shoe. <laughs> he got a shoe before he started playing, which someone else did recently, <laughs> yes, too. Yes, yes. We should talk about that. <gasps> but he, he got a shoe, and we're like, the Nike uh, Air Generation or whatever. Right. Like, what is this? He hasn't even played. I mean, even the name, it was just like, is he going to be the next Michael Jordan? Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, Air Jordans, right. Air Generation, like, yeah. He was not supposed to handle the pressure coming but as the number one pick did. from He's yeah. now about to be the number one score in playoff history. I know. It's, an, it's unbelievable. It just makes me really mad that he's as good as he is because I don't want him to pass Michael. Right. In, like, anything. Like, as, as much as I didn't want Kobe to pass Michael in anything, but... Well, he's so good. Did you hear the controversy that people were saying about him spinning the ball in the last game? About how uh, about he, his LeBron dribbling? spin spun the ball. Okay. While he was holding the ball, he got the ball passed to him in the corner. Right. I forget who was guarding him. Someone was guarding him from the Raptors, and LeBron. I, I kept hearing about this. Do you think it was disrespectful? Do you think it was disrespectful? That he like, spin the ball. Yeah, I'm like, did he spin it on his finger? So I went to the to look at it. He has the ball in both hands. Yeah. He's in triple threat. Right. Standing upright, looking at the defense and sizing up the floor. And while he's analyzing the floor, you see his eyes moving across the floor, he spins the ball in both hands, just close to his body, like near his stomach. He's just spinning it, holding it. It's a thinking move that he's doing. It's just like impulse. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I need people to have be sitting down with all of their feelings. Come on. Take several seats, everybody. We're making too much out of this. Um, Let the man play. And then, did you see the comments? Uh, Post game, they asked him about the Adam Jones, Baltimore Orioles, Boston Red Sox thing. I did not hear that. So, Baltimore Orioles, just as an aside, we'll talk about baseball for a second. We don't even follow baseball to that degree. But. (laughs) Um, the Baltimore Orioles are playing in Boston. Okay. Adam Jones, African-American player. I forget what position he plays. But after the game, they're like, how was it? Blah, blah, blah. Right. As they ask. As they ask. Adam Jones remarked that he heard some racial slurs directed at him from fans. Okay. He did not acknowledge it. He didn't say anything about it, but he said, you know what? This happens. happens. Yeah. And LeBron, they asked him about it afterwards, and he said, after the game against the Raptors, and he said, you know, that's sad. Racism is one of those things that I don't think will go away in my lifetime, but it's one of those things you try to bring positivity to society so it's not an issue. Right. 
and um, he said, there are players I know who will tell you when you go to Boston, you just expect that. And Whoa. Did, well, I've heard that my whole life, No, no, too. so I, yeah. I have too, but I'm just like, he said that out loud. Yeah, he's like, you go to Boston, and that's just what you know. But they asked him, like, have you ever heard that? He's like, no, I've never heard anything directed at me. But when I go to Boston, I've played there a lot of times. I just keep tunnel vision when I go there. and I You play. have to, because it, it's the... It's the it, I come back to this mental capacity to be at the playoffs and play the caliber that LeBron plays and at the way that Kobe played, the way that Michael played, the way you know when he maybe the, even the way that Kareem played mm-hmm. in his era, right? Like you need to have the mental capacity to be like when they're booing and I, when I'm at the free throw line, I need to be able to still make focus. the shot and focus, even if they have balloons and noisemakers and all these things to distract me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that makes sense. I. He, I don't think he would be the player he was or he is mm-hmm. um, if he didn't have that tunnel vision or if he didn't have the, the capability to do that or even train the people around him to also continue to do that, mm-hmm. right? Because we all have feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when people say things to you, say things about you that are wrong, that are derogatory, that are whatever, but if you let it sit and fester in yourself, yeah. it's going to psych your game out, whatever the game may be, whether it be the game of basketball mm-hmm. or the game of life. Game of life. <laughs> What second episode in a row have we talked about this? <laughs> he, I, and, and I think we give LeBron all this credit for the kind of athlete he is physically, yeah, but mentally, yeah, mentally, it's and even so just hard. like I think even, and this is I can't believe I'm talking about this. Like Bry six years ago would kick Bry mm-hmm. currently for saying this. Mm-hmm. Not only is he a phenomenal player, like Go phenomenal ahead. athlete, mm-hmm. physically, all that stuff, phenomenal mental capacity. To high basketball IQ, yeah, totally. But even on, and even I would even say the emotional IQ too to like foster what he does with his team, mm-hmm. with the way I'm thinking about J.R. Smith and how he's like, yeah, you know, cultivated that mentorship relationship, that brotherly relationship on mm-hmm. that team. Like when I watch his snaps and stuff, I was just like, dang, yeah. you're fun. Like, yeah. like people want to hang out with you. Like they're scared of you, but res- but not scared of you. Like yeah. they're they're not scared of you like the way the Bulls t- team was scared of Michael. Yeah, you're playing. You're playing yes. that pip, that Pippin role of like bringing that team together. Like I'm, I'm expecting. He's expecting Michael kind of stuff, but he's cultivating the team. His personality is a cross the- between Pippin and Shaquille O'Neal. Yes, he's more fun than Pippin. Yes, but he's not as. Pippin, I, I mean, love the dude, but he's boring. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a little a, boring. Yeah, he's he's Arkansas. Yeah, like he's <laughs> no disrespect to Arkansas, but that's where he's from. He's he's down home. Right. Um, but Shaquille O'Neal, he's as he's almost as fun as Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, Shaquille O'Neal is just a good old time. Yeah, but I think he has more discipline. Yes. That Shaq does. Absolutely. Um, which Absolutely. is why Shaq and Kobe had issues, because yeah. Kobe thought he was lazy and things like that. Right. Um, you which know, is very well recorded. LeBron is so dedicated and disciplined to his workouts and his mental capacity mm-hmm. in, like, enriching that. Right. I would say he and Kobe are, like, the difference between holding something tightly and holding it too tight. Oh, like, yeah. Like, you could almost argue that Kobe held, he was so obsessed mm-hmm. that he crushed yeah. the thing in his hand. Yeah. And I don't think pe- he, like, got along with, all like, all the people that he no. played with and things. Whereas, like, care. LeBron, he, I think he sees the bigger p- picture of things when it comes to basketball. It's not just the game, mm-hmm. right? And which, like, for someone who, right out of high school, went into this multi-million dollar business, like, yeah. it became his career, mm-hmm. didn't have that four years of college that most people do. I mean, he did when he went to Miami, but, like, to make mistakes and 
like he he did all of this publicly. So not only is he a great athlete, mental capacity, the emotional IQ, but then when you think about his influence in society, yeah. I think is so like that is such a caliber that I've never like I've I have so much more respect for him, which like even the SBs last year, him, oh yeah, Carmelo, um, CP three, oh CP three, and oh my god, one more other person, your boy D Wade. Chi-Town. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I always forget that that happened. When yeah, you said my boy, it. I'm just like, what? My, which boy? <laughs> I'm like, I have too many. And I'm just kidding. That's that's gross. Um, and actually, it's not gross. <laughs> Whatever. No. Um, do your thing. Yeah, the, I'm going to do me. Um, but, like, when they all came out and talked about Black Lives Matter and, like, yeah. like that's huge. When, I, when we were growing up, that wasn't always the case. At least I can't recall a player that was, like, taking a stand on a political or social no. level at I all. I think I'd ask MJ about the Adam Jones situation. MJ would have been like... He's like, who? Who that? Well, yeah. Does he buy my sneakers? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Next. You know, like... And, but it's also... We're in also a different age, technology, social mm-hmm. media. Everything's much more, all, was, you know, all over the place, but... That was a two-minute response from LeBron, by the way. They asked him a question about that baseball player, Adam mm-hmm. Jones, and he gave a two-minute response. I was like, a two-minute response? Like, mm-hmm. the game recaps are a minute and a half. Right. This guy took the question and considered it and well, gave thoughts. Well, I think, and I think, we talked about this in the last episode, when you have a platform and being mindful of the words you choose to, yeah. to use is super important. So when you have power in whatever capacity, we all have power in various capacities in various situations. That's right. So in that moment, he could have like brush it off and like kept it moving mm-hmm. or he could have been like yeah this that's a reality and people in boston need to know that that's not okay yeah. but you're not going to psych me out because i'm lebron james and i have tunnel vision and i have the mental capacity to think beyond that Absolutely. you know and so like if thinking about pop thinking about other players who are who was like you know what i have this opportunity to give back to my community to mm-hmm. do, to give to have to say something that may be controversial but i don't care how uncomfortable you are because you have made me uncomfortable and i need you to know it's about values yeah i'm here i'm here to let you know i'm here and it's here's the thing value like why does he have to speak up about these issues he's not a baseball player he is not a professor of why did they ask the question yeah but you ask him the question (laughs) and it's like but why does lebron james have to shove his values down my throat because what i find interesting about this is the values he's talking about are is equality Mm -hmm. and respect decency of a productive society, right? Right. An inclusive society. I think everybody would agree to that. So when we disagree with his take on something like the Adam Jones situation, well, that's us disagreeing on the language around something Mm -hmm. when we all agree on the values. Right. So that's really what our country... some of us, we don't all agree on the values sometimes. Well, it's a small margin. I mean, I think if you walk down the street and asked any United States citizen, hey, do you think equality and justice are good things? Most of them would say, yeah, absolutely. And then we get issues that happen in current events, and you're like, no, I disagree with Black Lives Matter. No, I disagree with whatever movement name X, Y, or Z. You're much more positive about this world than I am, because I'm like, nah. Well, people no, I mean, suck. That's not, no, I mean, people still suck. No, right. people deserve a, a failing grade sometimes. People but, mean an F. Yeah, give a scarlet letter F. Just like <laughs> this person, just a D gaff across their chest. This person is not helping. Um, but he um, takes the questions well, and he, he answered it with praise. I think this is funny. I had a, a, I didn't go to Boston until a year ago. I've, I think, I've never been. So, yeah, I had never been to Boston, and I was going to, 
pay a trip because my friend and I were going to fly out from the Boston airport. We got a uh. deal going to another country through the Boston airport. It was super cheap. So we took the mega bus, or I took the mega bus up for like, I don't know, something really cheap because Megabus is like that. Super cheap, yeah. Yeah, really really luxurious, very comfortable. You get a nice you get, ride. You got some Wi-Fi on there? You get some Wi-Fi on the ride. Nice. You go check check some things out, <laughs> listen to some podcasts, things like that, and you Podcast get up there. Podcasts like Dabbling and Dribbling. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to my future self. And so then we I get up to Boston. But before I got to Boston, I asked someone uh, I know who's from Boston, mm-hmm. a young person. I said, uh, so you grew up in Boston. Mm-hmm. What I have a day. Mm-hmm. What should I do? What What should I do? She's mm-hmm. like, well, I I don't know how to answer that. Like, what mm-hmm. What are you looking for? Mm-hmm. And I said, really, just it's one day. Tell me something that people in Boston are proud of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she stopped. She grew up in. She she grew up in Boston. Okay, in Boston, and she she took the question. I said, tell me something that Boston people are proud of. And then she looked for a second and, like, furrowed her brow uh-huh. and was like, uh, segregation? What? <laughs> and, she was, and she was a, a white woman. Okay. And I was like, uh, I laughed, but I knew it was a joke. But she's like, no, I mean, like, yeah, they're it's horribly of, racist. <laughs> it's, like, terribly racist. And um, I know, to our Boston fans, if you exist, sorry, but not yeah. sorry. And I, you know what, there are a lot of good Bostonians, but uh, yeah, there are some apples that, that ruin the bunch a little bit, and you know, we all gotta help our communities get through those conversations. So if you know someone in or around Boston who needs a good conversation, make sure you have that. Yeah. Be an upstander. So why don't we talk about Boston? Why don't we talk about Boston? Okay. The Boston Celtics and the Washington Wizards. <sighs> There's a lot happening there. There's Brian, so... why don't you talk about how you feel about this series? So, um, I, it's a really fun series, um, I think. They are... What, is, what are they? Wow. It's like one... It's is a, it 1-1? One, one? It's 2-1. and one. Celtics and are up 2-1. Celtics one. are up 2-1. Oh, because they lost yesterday. They lost yes. yesterday. They That's went right. to Washington and, I watched and that game lost yesterday. pretty handily. It was a good margin. It was a good margin. It was, yeah, it was a good margin. Um, personally, yes. um, it's, it's, it's a fun game to watch. I think the series is, not the game, the, the series is very fun to watch for me personally. Um, but I think, weirdly, so I'm not a person that condones violence or no. fighting or just being you know, aggressive for no reason mm-hmm. or even a reason. Like there's like, I think positivity is usually the best way to go. Conversation, sit down, conversation, open, honest, sure. con- you know, that's, that's Bry's way, even though I'm a realist. Right. Um, but there yeah. have been so many altercations <laughs> in every single game and I'm sitting here, and most of the games I've actually watched live, or, like, parts of it live, or, you know, the, the third or fourth. Usually I watch, like, the third or fourth quarter, because it's fun. Right, right. Or I, watch, you know, watch the recaps of all of the altercations, because that has come up a ton on my feed. And it is, like, like as, a, you know, I'm not one to be, like, men have to be masculine and aggressive and no. whatever, and females have to be, like, fluttery and damsels in distress. But it's really hot. There's like, a lot going on there. Yeah, and it's really, it's kind of it's kind of sexy to watch. Yeah, guys there's like rough it up a little sweaty bit. Sweaty <laughs> muscles, just like just like they have some feelings about each it, other and there's there's lots of faces being made, lots of uh, little jabs here and there, mm-hmm. um, and it's weirdly hot, and I don't condone it. <laughs> um, but as a as a person who enjoys men. Uh, 
in a attractive kind of in a sexual kind of way. Yeah, I guess. you're getting your money's worth. I'm getting my money's worth, and I'm so into it. <laughs> and I shouldn't be. I'm just like I'm. I'm literally watching these games. I'm just like I am weirdly like this is hot. Like I'm really like not turned. I don't want to say turned on, but I'm just like this is. You cool. can say it. This is a safe space. No man. They, they have. They have to to recap the first, well. First of all, this these teams have bad blood from the season. Oh yeah. This did not start like in the. This playoffs. is not just now. They and like when they feel like they're there's um, calls that are not being called mm-hmm. by the refs. Like they get real into it, and it's again, it's just weirdly hot, and I and I just ugh, it's just. I'm being like very like I'm like flushed a little bit right now, and you're people that. can't even see this. We need to videotape this whole conversation. I'm a little flushed. It's uh, cute. It's uh, it's hot I've, for me. Personally. I've never seen an Indian person turn this red before. <laughs> Ew, All right. I hate you. Get out. You have seen me turn red before. <laughs> That's true. That one time you've been redder before. There was uh the the some of the things that have happened in the series. Well, first of all, during the series there was a game where the Wizards went to. Something I forget who played where, mm-hmm. but the Wizards felt disrespected by the Celtics. And then in the next game, they played like some days later. The Wizards all this showed up. This is the up. season, not it's the season. This is, Just yeah, the this season. is not the series. Just yeah. the se- regular season. The Wizards showed up to the next game wearing all black. Yeah, as a team, yeah, and they asked cause, them because it's a funeral that they were going. Well, to. Well, they're like, is it a funeral? Yeah. Is someone gonna die? <laughs> like, what's the? That's what's all the reporters happen? are asking. Yeah, right. and and Kelly Oubre is like. It's whatever you think it is. That's what it's gonna be. It's a, it's, a, it's a mental game with both of them. Like right. it's and it's 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 really exciting and fun. It's just it's a little bit more it's, fit, it's it's a little bit more physical. It's a little old I, school. And I love that. It's a little I, Bulls Pistons back in the day. That is that is exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. Like that is and that gives me all the feelings. And there's still I, an Isaiah Thomas in this one. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, uh, senior, like the older one. <laughs> It, oh, played oh, for the yes, Pistons. Yes. For those of you who don't, he spells know. his name differently. I forget. He does. How. He. I don't know how. It's there's an A missing in one. I think our modern Isaiah has wanna, an extra. Do we want to Google that? Um, Is it the biblical Isaiah or the whatever? Um, yes, the Isaiah playing now has an A in front of the I. Oh, that's right. In the other one, no A. Sans A. Sans A. Um, but anyway, it's physical. I'm. Super into it, not only because it's like mm-hmm. hot, like oh, it's like as like I like watching it. It's weird. I'm sorry, I'm weird. But um, but it's also like it's physical. It's a little bit more gritty. It's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a little more street ball that I yes. that I appreciate. Ooh, sorry about that, no, folks. No, that's not your uh, phone. We're um, sorry. So, just want to give a shout out to Ellie. Thanks for texting me, girl. Yeah, <laughs> she's no. gonna love that because she she's a big fan of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we have. But the guy, so Isaiah lost a tooth. Yes, and what's great, that was the, uh, at the first on the first on the first game, yeah. and then there's no. It was on an elbow play. Somebody's elbow went up. It, yeah, he it lost happens. It's fine. He's got a new tooth. I mean, tooth you've, in got, there you've now. gotten some black eyes from elbows. I've had a couple black eyes, and I just chipped a tooth the other week. Really, you did? Uh-huh. I see. showed you the other day. No, you didn't show it to me. You chipped it right there in the corner. She talked to our dentist about that. Yeah, maybe I don't care enough to do anything. If you see me in the streets and you notice I have a chipped tooth, it makes you. You're look, looking makes, too close. You're, you're too close. You're, <laughs> You're probably making out with you it. Need even even up. Even you need to back up. You need to back up if you notice yeah, I, I, could, I didn't even notice it. Until. You're a close talker. Was it a was it a basketball thing? It was happened? not a basketball thing. I was eating a salad too fast. Wait, hold on. I had a metal fork. Okay. And I was very hungry because okay. I had not eaten all day. And so I was trying to down the salad before I needed to go out. And then I felt something like hard. And I bit the fork. And then I was like, hmm, something feels loose. And then... uh 
Yeah, there was that. And that was not a crouton. That was part of my tube. Sorry, I just can't believe that you publicly stated that. Again, if you see this, it's so minor. It's it, so it actually, small. I like look close and I feel really, and I'm close yeah. with you and I feel uncomfortable that I'm, I was that close to your mouth. I also have a gap in my teeth that it's slowly close. You can look at my yearbook pictures. I never got braces. Anytime I go into our dentist, he's always like, oh, he has such nice teeth. Which is weird, because I have, like, uh We have the same gap. dentist, for those of you who don't know. Mm-hmm. I have, like, a little Madonna gap. Mm-hmm. But when I was a kid, it was, like, a Michael Strahan gap. Ah. And so every yearbook picture from, like, kindergarten to sixth grade, you can see the gap close. Like, That's year so after year, it's getting closer and closer. And then it just stopped. Did you know that I also had a gap in my teeth? Did you get braces? I did get braces. Okay, that's why they came together. I mean, that's why my teeth are perfect. They are really nice. Thank you. That's true. Uh, but have, yeah, no, I... What, but, okay, okay, wait. The fights, the fights. The fights have been not fists. No They're fist throw. It's a lot of shoving. Yes. Lots of words. Like, if, you, if mm-hmm. you're good at uh, reading lips, there's a lot of FUs and, mm-hmm. you know, N-word please and, like, yeah. there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of it's it's phys, it's physical, it's but it's shoulders and elbows. It's shoulders and elbows. It's very upper body. Yeah, it's it's very hot. No like <laughs> round kicks to the face. No roundhouse. I mean, kicks. there's no. I, you know what I'm going to say. Mortal Kombat. The, uh, there's no uh, Draymond Greens happening. There's, there's no, no <laughs> foot to crotch action happening. Draymond, the, get it together. For those of you who don't know, last. Uh, playoff series, like, playoff season, uh, Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors had a kicking spree Mm -hmm. where he would just, you know, do a play, and then somehow his foot would just go above his hip and kick people in the crotch a lot. I just had a conversation (laughs) with someone yesterday Uh who knows Draymond's ex-girlfriend of two years. That's I wonder all what I, that is like. They told me more, but that's all I care to say about it. Okay. I, we'll talk offline because I, I have yeah. lots of thoughts about yeah, it. Yeah, I just, I was like. What is it like dating him? I can't imagine. I really, I, I only see him as the player. I don't want to. I don't know him as a person. I don't, I don't know if I want to know, know him as a person. Yeah, knowing him the player, I don't want to know him as a person, but yeah, I'd like to I feel believe like I would... he's different. And I hope that he's not as a person the way he is as a player. I don't think that's the case. Okay. I hope. That's just that's just my I don't know. I think anyway, whatever. Whatever. So, but the but the last game we had two ejections. Yep. We had Kelly Oubre mm-hmm. who uh O O Olinic Olinic um <laughs> set a hard screen on him, which by the way is the most like Boston Celtic name. Yes. We've had in a it's while. It's a tall white dude. Tall white dude yeah. with a like ponytail. Yeah. Um, where's number forty one? Olinix set a hard screen. And oh, I will say I thought it was a little bit of a, um, oh my god, a flop. On he's not a he's got a, like a Kevin Durant body frame. He's a little slender. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't think it was that hard of a screen. But then again, I'm not playing right. I didn't think that it was that hard of a screen personally when I saw it. When I, I thought the initial impact that Ubre had mm-hmm. on Olenek was not hard, but mm-hmm. then but then when he ran to he kind <laughs> of he kind of uh, Olenek turned and kind of like pushed him aside. Yeah, I that, thought it that was, was like the I think that was, I think the after is what pissed him Yeah, it was off. a yeah. slight move, but whatever. Ubre took offense to it, got up, and then just like straight ran in and, and I want to say bulldozed him down because no, he's smaller. He, no, he, he literally, no, what I saw, he ran in, took his arms and just like pushed his, like his upper body, shoulder, mm-hmm. chest area, pushed him and said, what the, f-, yeah, you know? he did. And he said, he what did. the F, right? Yeah. Um, and so it was just, 
So and it was and then it was right and the the craziest thing there was a ref in between him <laughs> like there was straight up. That's a ref. the only reason he didn't shove him harder. Yeah, because the ref got because the ref his hands. the ref was good able job to ref of, Who, yeah. whichever ref that was good job way to keep the peace. Yeah, shout so, out to the refs they don't get enough love. But say. that game had so many things happening. Because um, then Brandon Jennings got in, into mm-hmm. it with like Rozier, mm-hmm. I guess. And Rozier, they just, yeah. They kept going back and forth, and to the point where like they got a technical once, mm-hmm. and the refs were like, "All right, guys, like, like get it like, together, come on." And then they kept jabbing at each other and jawing at each mm-hmm. other, and they're like, "All right, you know what? You all are gonna fight soon, and we're just not gonna let that happen. Right. So just get out of here." But I kind of wanted it to happen. I know <laughs> refs. You kind of pulled the trigger a little. Why too do early. you ruin everything? <laughs> I wanted, to, I wanted <laughs> to see that. Um, Brandon Jennings Again. is my guy. I like Brandon Jennings. A lot. And Jennings had some really funny faces. Like if you were looking at any of the like any of like, it was like the stank face that he had yeah. after like certain like he clearly said something uh, that was like super shady and then he just had a stank face that was just like right. ooh. Like again, it was I don't condone fighting. Right. I don't condone any of this. But sure. it's super fun. To, but it's, it's entertaining. entertaining. It's entertaining. It's, it's fun. It makes it exciting. It's because like, I don't know if this like this series would have been as exciting uh-huh. if, if all season there wasn't this like tension. Absolutely. And you want a good storyline like that because it can't just be Cavs Warriors all the time. They don't even play in the same conference. It's good right. to see two teams at the top of the East vying it out. Like right. They're the way, it out. The way in the '90s that the well say, Bulls are there, sure, but mm-hmm. the the Indiana Pacers, the Miami Heat, mm-hmm. and the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the, that? There's a, there was a lot of bad blood. It there was too. so much bad, and, and, and I think that's why we we grew up watching that, and we right. like, at least for me, I liked that. Jeff Ga- Jeff Van Gundy on Lonzo Morning's leg. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> it was gross. Just I just liked. I don't know. Again, it's just entertaining. It's fun. You know. You know, I played it rough in the playground mm-hmm. when I was younger. Big baller. Um, I wasn't that big of a baller. I just, you know, think, you know, I was... More of an assist just, person. Um, I was just, you know, roughed up a little bit, and I roughed other people up, too, yeah. sometimes. Brian was I the never, enforcer. That was weirdly my nickname. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's... That came out. That came out. That got weird. Um... <laughs> The and some of my high school friends would will will vouch me vouch for me when I say that. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I I think it's just it's just fun to kind of, it's entertaining and fun. It's but the storylines, it's the narrative, right? And so, but that series though, I mean, I think, I think the Celtics are going to take it. I think mm-hmm. at the end, I just I don't know how many games it's going to go. Personally, I think it could, it could. It's clearly not going to go four games because of where right. of where they're at right, right. now. Um, but you know, put the we'll brooms s- away. But yeah. I think um, I like John Wall and Bradley Beal's leadership going into these oh, next yeah. games. Yeah, I feel like there's more resolve in them. They they have they have something to prove and they, they want to prove it. Yeah, and I'm into it. John Wall, I like. You know what's so great? And this was my person of the week last week, mm-hmm. so I won't spend too much time on this. But I've watched him mature this year in a way that's like. Oddly impressive as a leader. Oh, and yeah. so when he answered the question of, like, you got held the last... Or, or something, the ref made a call that you didn't agree with in the last game. What do you think about, you know, what's your take right. on it now? And he said something, well, you know... And he very casually and calmly said, hey, the guy held my arm. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I could get to the ball with just the one arm. And so, yeah, he held me. And they said... So it's like an old school basketball move, mm-hmm. and then he, he kind of he kind of snickered and goes, "No, nah, man, it's not no old school." He 
like tape my arm to me like a straight jacket. <laughs> I couldn't do anything. And he laughed about it, which right. I thought was good. Like when you're in the the thicket of an intense playoff series and you're down 0-2. Right. And you can still laugh about the yeah. other team pulling this up. And you said to yourself, like, hey, if they're going to be this way, you got to react back. you yeah. got to be more physical. It's so. Again, it's not just the physical, it's the mental, right? It's all of those things when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, you got to so. be doing I give them, I give, well, you think Boston? I think Boston's going to take it. I think They're Boston, the number one seed in the East. So, I mean, I just think, I think they, they might have, have it. all the pieces to do it. I want to say, I want to say the Wizards take it in seven. Okay. I would like to see the Wizards take it, and I, I think they can take it. I But I want to see Cavs and the Celtics play in the finals. You know, some people think the Wizards are a more competitive team for the Cavs. I, I agree, but I personally want to see Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. His efficiency is great. Yeah. His, his shooting percentage is really good. Yeah. I mean, he's like, for a tiny guard, yeah. you think of like AI. Mm-hmm. AI had to shoot the ball so many times to right. get those 50-point games. Isaiah including doesn't Kobe. Shoot <laughs> including Kobe. Um, and Isaiah just doesn't have to do that. No. He doesn't have to put it up like yeah. that. So I, I think, uh, yeah, we'll see what it, it plays out. To. Either, either way, it's that's be, my it's favorite series to watch right now. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's so entertaining. It's super fun. Um, yeah, we have to actually watch a game together, bud. I know we have. I, like, we haven't done that this series, like this to. season at all. So we need to make that happen. Right now, we have. We could turn on the TV right now. It's forty nine fifty two, but we want to be focused on. We want to focus on things because we have things to talk about. Toronto's up fifty two forty nine. All right, at the halftime, dang. All right, so last thing we should talk about in the world of basketball before we we move on to the dabbling portion. To the dabbling portion <laughs> in the dribbling portion. Well, let's talk about someone who's not even in the playoffs right now. Uh-huh. Nope, not one of the other teams. No, no, someone who's Who not even be? in the NBA right now. Tell me more. <laughs> Lonzo Ball of the UCLA Bruins, mm-hmm. this is an All Star freshman this year, is up for the NBA draft. He's likely to go in the first, probably like top five picks. Okay. Um, some people think he'll be number one. We'll see. But his dad, if you don't know who his dad is, his dad's name is LeVar Ball. He thinks he's better than Michael Jordan in a game of one-on-one. He says a lot of things. Wait, he thinks his son is better than Michael Jordan? No, LeVar Ball thinks he, the dad, can beat Michael Jordan in a game of one-on-one. Sure, so So, can I. Yeah, no, I I do it quite often when I see Michael. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So anyway, this guy, he averaged, he got into a a jawing match with uh, uh, Charles Barkley. Some time ago, yes, in which he said, "Like I'm better than Charles," and he was like, "Charles is like you. I'm in the Hall of Fame. You averaged two points for your career. Do you yeah, know? How- it, yeah, because his dad did play in the league, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. Apparently, and, and not very long. But Charles was like, "Do you know how hard it is to average two points a game? That's that's really hard to do. Yeah. Like you, like four Clearly is pretty easy." <laughs> Clearly, he's being sarcastic. Yeah, Any, yeah but anyway. He's like, I'm in the Hall of Fame, and you think you're going to beat Michael? Okay. Yeah. It's, he, he's but, like, I couldn't even beat Michael. He's LeVar Ball is the hype man of hype men. Right. Like, he gives Don King a run for his money. God rest his soul. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This right. guy like, could be a prize-fighting promoter right. for anyone. Right. Like, oh, God. Anyway, he... I, I've heard him talk, and I've, like... Every time I've heard him talk, I've muted the TV or changed the channel. It's hard. Because I'm like... Uh, There's so much hot air. Yeah, and it, it reminds me of other people with hot air, like 45, you know, just like calling just 45 the president of the United States, as I call it, like to call him by number. 
Anyway, uh, yeah, anywho, we, we, we have a lot to say about that. Yeah, but he, so back to, back to he, this. He went around shopping his son's brand. Mm-hmm. He calls the brand, the family brand is Big Baller Brand, BBB. Their last name is why Ball. Are they, why are they trying to ruin the B name? Like, us, us people. You're saying it's Beyonce. Oh, Beyonce, Bri, Bryonce. I'm trying to think of people who've ruined the A matter. name, but it's hard. There's a lot of good A's out there. Yeah, Alexander Hamilton. Uh, that's who I was thinking of. Abraham. Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great. Actually, anyone with your actual name, yeah, Alexander. I, like, I do like. I haven't met a, a really bad Alexander. Yeah. All right. All right. Anywho. So the balls uh, went around, going around the balls. The balls went around. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, all right. So the family went around trying to shop uh, Lonzo, the kid, right, and say, "All right, he's going to be great in the NBA." Mm-hmm. Much like we talked about LeBron Shue coming right. out before he got drafted. Sure. They're like. Lonzo's going to be great, and right. so he should be with Nike or Adidas. But the but they, caveat... Didn't, didn't they both not even... They Neither one of the companies made an offer to them. Mm-hmm. The caveat to that conversation was LeVar Ball, the dad, wanted a co-branding situation with both companies. Or with, with one company. Like, okay. if I'm going to sign with like Adidas... Co- yeah. What do you mean by co-branding? We're going to put the Triple B, uh-huh. Big Baller Brand logo... On with the shoe. your Adidas or Nike, right? When he symbol. sells Adidas stuff with three stripes on it, the three stripes is as prominent as the triple B, the three That's, Bs, and the that, three stripes. Even aesthetically, I can't even imagine that looking good. I don't know, I, but they, Adidas wasn't going for it. Nike was like, "No, it's you know we are Nike, right? Where you guys, he hasn't if, even tripled the ball yet, no right? Way. So they both passed, but." That did not stop LeVar Ball because he is a man on a mission. So they have produced their first shoe. And how much is this shoe? The Alex? shoe, the Lonzo One, mm-hmm. is $495. Nope. I'm trying to get some tickets to Dear Evan Hansen, and they're about <laughs> $399. And I would drop money for that because I love art and theater and things. I paid and not 200 for, for Hamilton tickets. I mean, yeah. You know, Kobe's last shoe was like 160. Yeah, who does he think he is? LeBron's shoe's 200. Right, and you almost did. You almost get that one. It was on sale at the outlet mall yeah, okay. when we went to that when one. We went to yes, that I, I dropped it because I'm not a big fan of the 13s. Okay. But uh, yeah, a shoe. That's a lot it's of... the shoe itself. The silhouette, fine. It mm-hmm. doesn't look bad. Yeah, I mean, but it I looks like it. a it basketball doesn't... shoe. Yeah. It's just a shoe for 495 dollars. They asked him why that. Why 495 He said, because I'm the, I, it's the shoe I produced. That's how this much is, I think it's worth. This is what the, the dad. The dad said. The dad said. So the what, son doesn't say anything. The I was going to say, like, my say understanding is the son is pretty quiet. He's very quiet. He doesn't talk about any of this stuff. I don't know what he said to his dad about being his, like, outward manager. I don't know any of that. If he's his official manager or not. I heard, actually, I think someone said he... I don't want to be wrong about that. I think someone said Lonzo got a manager, but maybe I could be wrong about that. The dad is very prominently featured in his son's life. so Talk about helicopter parents. He's like Air Force One of like helicopter up, parents. Like all up in yeah. this boy's face. So well, the I shoe's mean, $495. And the slippers, the slip-on sandals. <laughs> he has slip-on sandals Sandals too. too with the logo on it, $220. Okay, it's no Gucci sandals. Come on, what the hell's going on? I don't know. I have no idea. So I, so here, like my understanding about all of the situations very surface. So I, you know, I again, I pretty much no, you know everything. 
I mean, like, everything from this conversation and then, like, what I've seen. Yeah, that's it. I mean, there's not much, it seems. Um, But I think I worry for the son and how he's going to do if and when he comes to the league. Mm -hmm. Because, Dad, you better shut up. I looked at Lonzo's stats Mm -hmm. uh, after his last game with the Bruins. Yeah. I just want to know, how did he do on the season? He wasn't even the... No diss. I think he's a great player, and sure. people have confidence in him. But he was not the leading scorer of his own team. He had like or even NCAA. Or NCAA. It seems like, yeah. I think there were one or two guys ahead of him on his own team. Mm-hmm. He had fourteen point five points a game and something like okay. uh, seven or eight assists. And LeBron came out of high school. You know, high school, college, you could compare it apples to oranges, whatever. Right. And but, it's different time. Like, you're, yeah. like the how long you play is different. Like, all of that sure. is different. So All I'm saying is I was expecting the way they were talking about Lonzo to go that and see gonna be the second 25 points right. and 12 assists, right. four, five rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. Not even that. So he's got a $495 shoe out there. And Jordan's, Jordan's the top of the list of shoes out there. And the Jordan's line, I think the last one they released was about 180 right. to 200. So And that's in the Nike family. It's in the Nike family. They have all the tech. Mm-hmm. They have full-length aerosol units and nice traction and compounds and this, like, performance-woven upper from, you know, parts of Italy. Like, it's crazy you, tech. You're really funny in. when you get into your, into your shoe game. I have a problem. I'm recovering. It's, it's on its... You're doing so I'm well. I'm on the road to recovery. But... The Alonzo shoe <laughs> seems to have... We don't know what the tech is on this yeah. thing. Like, what, what is I the I wonder cushion? if, like, any of the... Because I know you watch some of those YouTube folks who, like, you know... Mm-hmm. Um, who's, who performance like, reviews. Who, the performance reviews mm-hmm. of the shoes. I wonder what they're going to think. I wonder if they're going to even get... I don't know if they're going to get it. Yeah, I mean, because usually they get it from, like, Nike and Adidas. Unless and, Alonzo... Know. The, unless the Ball family sends them a pair right. to try out. I mean, if they were smart marketing-wise, that is that is the way to do it, but... You know what he said? The dad said, if you... This is what I have a problem with. So, some people will put money they don't have towards sneakers. Sure. It's a yeah, budgetary... It's a black hole of, mm-hmm. of money. If you and just, this happens a lot in urban, poor, poor mm-hmm. urban neighborhoods. Yeah. At predominantly... Poor. Predominantly you know, black or brown yeah. folks that live there. Yeah. No, absolutely. It is it is a way of status in the community when you don't have much. That's right. Mm-hmm. And what the, the Ball family, LeVar, this father said, mm-hmm. was if you, I think he tweeted this, if you can't afford the, the shoe, then you're not a real baller. So, I mean, that's coming from such a place of privilege of oh someone who's had, who's, I'm, I don't know what his background is, like childhood background is, but... Clearly, you had some money, like, as you got played in the league. I'm sure you have some sort of money saved up, and, like, hopefully you're smart about your money. But um, th- that's really problematic, especially when you're... And I'm, like, so there's there's that problem. And there's also this problem of, like, you're over-promising and the possibility that your son will under-deliver, right? Like, you're saying that he's going to be the next whatever, that he is... Look, his shoe is worth this much, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. When he comes to the league, he's going to... I feel like he's going to get some rude awakening. Like, when LeBron came into the league, there he had just as much pressure, maybe more pressure, but not from his no, mom. Or no. It was from literally everybody else, right? I think players... Everybody, league, else, yeah. everybody else was like, this guy, this kid is amazing. He's good. He's, he's going... Right. He has the potential to be one of the greatest. Right. 
And then Nike, maybe someone in Nike scouting was like, maybe he will be one of the greatest, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So when you see, have all of those things, and LeBron, because I think he kept his circle very tight and very yeah. nuclear yeah, in did. his, I think that helped him stay grounded, you know, maybe have, like he had, you need to have arrogance and attitude in this sure. league to, to be successful. This, this, this young man is silent I've not heard him talk. I've only heard your dad be your mouthpiece. Mm. Not a great mouthpiece. It's, it's, it can be kind of problematic. I'm, I'm worried for that. I hope I only wish and hope him hope for the best for his career. Mm -hmm. But dad, I think you might need to step back a little bit. At this rate, his son will need to win rookie of the year and MVP in the very first season and a scoring title for the amount of checks that this dad's writing that this guy has to cash now. Yeah. Again, I'm always about under-promise, over-deliver. Don't over-promise and under-deliver. I feel like the league, I hope that the players in the league on his own team, wherever that is, will take him under their wing and support him. He wants to be a Laker. They will probably have the top pick. We'll see. But uh, but I wonder if Magic wants to deal with all of that. And I wouldn't if I were Magic yeah, Johnson. I and wouldn't. I, I would pass up on this guy so fast and not even... You know, you passed up on Michael Jordan to get Sam Bowie. Mm-hmm. Port, uh, Portland Trailblazers. Right. That was a mistake. Right. But Hindsight's twenty twenty. But I think if you passed up on Lonzo Ball and he turned out to be someone great, I don't think anybody who exists in this time period would blame you. Right. For everything. Just because of there's I've heard so much more about him than I have about any other Yeah. Any other player that is 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 going to be in the draft. And teams are smart. They know how to weed through and figure out what is the dad Mm -hmm. and what is actually Lonzo. And they can figure out like, okay, I can scout talent. Right. When I look at Lonzo play, when I see him in NCAA and when I see him at the tryouts and the right. drills and everything, they'll be able to tell whether or not he's going to make it in the NBA. Right. So we'll see what it is. But I feel like the dad needs to ease up on him. I hope players on his own team will take him under their wing and support him. I I think other players in the league will we'll check, him. check him hard. I think because he's not a big guy either. Yeah. So if he comes in the paint, I think a lot of people are going to touch him up. And I'm sure the dad's going to have a lot of feelings about it. I mean, we think of, like, the NBA wives that have talked a little bit too much. I'm thinking about Steph Curry's wife who had feelings and would, like, tweet about it and people would... I mean, whether you agree or disagree, like, Mm -hmm. when you have family members involved in the player's game, it becomes... Everyone has has an opinion. I don't think they need to have an opinion. Like, I don't think we as people need to have an opinion about what their family members say. Of course you're going to be defensive of your... Of your husband, of your of your son, of your brother, of your whatever, right? right? Um, but yeah, I just I I want him to be successful, and this feels like this is setting him up for not success. The way that the father is playing this right now. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, I mean we'll see, but I I wish I wish him luck, and uh, we'll see. But that that shoe thing, if you if that you, is dumb. If you are a person who makes money. You have a job. If you have a job that gives you money, do not buy these shoes. Just do, just don't buy it the shoes. Make any... There's no part of this shoe that is better than an, it just started. We don't know about the traction. We don't know about the cushioning system. We don't know about the durability of the materials. And it doesn't seem like it's that ventilated compared right. to like things mm-hmm. that Nike and Adidas have put out. Even Under Armour. Under Armour Two's <laughs> got some stuff. Even though yeah. the Curry three is not selling as well as they thought it was mm-hmm. it would and so they lowered the price by thirty dollars across the whole thing but isn't it also like hella ugly it's not it's, it's, it's the white one it's the grandpa looking one right uh what do you mean 
Grandpa? Look at the one that like grandpas would wear, like old people would wear. <laughs> what does that mean? Wasn't I don't there, know. There was a shoe that Steph Curry uh, had that looked like people like made so much fun of it because oh, it looked no, no, so no. bad. That was the Curry Two Low Cut. That was all white. Yeah, and it, some, it, some it looked so. It looked like a grandpa. It was so bad. People were making fun <laughs> of it as like the nursing shoe. Like, yeah, it's wear, like, <laughs> like like my. My Amichi would wear that. My Amichi, my grandmother, would wear something like that. Because, you know, it, it would support her. It would help... Very you know, supportive. Help, help her ankles, you know? A little conservative looking. Right. All white. Just right. Like or my mom classic. would wear it as a nurse. Yeah. It was know? like a pair of New Balance. It was exactly. like... They were like, when did Curry switch over to New Balance? <laughs> anyway. No, the, new, the, the Curry 3 looks better, but it's not selling as well. Because Curry's honestly... I mean... Frankly, not playing at the same level he was last year, but that's right. because he's got KD on the team. You don't have to. Yeah. You, there's only one ball on the court. There's but, a reason uh, why he's not in the contention for MVP and things like that. Yeah. When yeah. Lonzo starts playing in the league, there'll be two balls on the court. <laughs> <laughs> Take it there. You, you, you heard know, it here first. Uh, I mean, if you really think about it, there's lots of balls on the court. You know what? <laughs> Touche. Touché. You're welcome. That You're was, welcome. That was well played. Thank you. I'll give it to you. All right. Do we feel good about? I where feel we're good. At? The right. dribbling section of our of our Let's uh, do it. of our podcast has now ended, and we're gonna switch over to the dabbling. So, what are some topics we want to talk about? Because you know, as there's much so as we much. love basketball, Friggin there's also a lot of things that have happened. Friggin a. All right. So let's start with um, in the realm of. Kind of know. like basketball. Kind of like basketball. All right, do, you let's start. Me, do you want me to talk about yeah, it? Yeah, talk about it because I feel like you sent this to me and I thought it was interesting. Right. I've talked about it with a couple people since. Okay. So, if you all don't know, I mean, Alex knows this very, very well about me. My love for Jesse Williams. Who? Jesse Williams. Oh. Um, if you don't know him, Google it. Like, seriously, if you watch Grey's Anatomy, he's on there. He's Jackson Avery. He's so pretty. Also appears nightly in Bri's dreams. <laughs> you don't know what happens in my <laughs> dreams. <laughs> but maybe. Um, <laughs> Jesse, you're welcome here anytime. And I promise I will be very appropriate and respectful <laughs> of you. Um, anyway, so... Jesse Williams, for me, is just this beautiful man. He's like, you know, everyone has, like, their top five celebrities. He's my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Idris Elba, every day, all day. Love, good, you, love you guys. Um, so, recently, um, so, Jesse was married to this beautiful black woman who he, they have two children together, um, and it and honestly, it was just he—he he won that BET award, right? Uh-huh. It was—it was last year. Within the past couple of years, he like honored her so beautifully, and yeah. that speech was so woke and beautiful. And the reason why I love Jesse is not only because he's like very pretty, because he has mm-hmm. a lot of features. So he—I believe he is mixed race, um, mm-hmm. um, multiracial in some yeah, some I capacity. Which parents um, I'm sure Wikipedia has. That you keep talking, um, and um, you know he has like the light light eyes and like you know the dark hair and like a little bit more darker features. Um, so I, I think in some ways people look at him just like oh he's a little bit more white looking so he's pretty like but for me I just think he's he's just a very beautiful person but also he's just a really woke dude who loves basketball. I love your podcast. His um, mother's Swedish. His dad's African American. Awesome. White Swedish. Yeah, and, and there are black Swedes. Yes, there are. Um, so anyway, so you know, he married this woman who he met while they were teaching in St. Louis together or Philly. I think that's what it was. I forget. 
well, they met each other like teaching. And um, I remember when they, when people, when he first started coming up, especially when he was in Grey's Anatomy, which was, I think, maybe one of his bigger breaks, and he was in The Butler and a bunch of other things. Um, uh, people were like, oh, his wife is so plain and whatever. And I was like, dude, she's a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't care, whatever. Um, I was sad because I couldn't have him because, you know, all of us regular regular old Joes can have a chance with, with Jesse. Who's and, on an episode of Law & Order? He, I mean, isn't every actor? That's big for me. I don't have a large <laughs> cultural reference around movies and television. So I know. I'm like, do you know what Grey's Anatomy is? <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, um, go ahead. So anyway, so... And they've been married, so they were together for a long time, and they got married, and they've been married for, I think, five years, and recently we found out that they filed for divorce. Um, to which, which. To which, a part of me, when I found out, I texted Alex, because I was like, oh my god, oh my god, because at first I was, like, so sad, because I just loved, because it seemed like there was, like, a genuine love that he had for this amazing woman mm-hmm. and um how he talked about black women and the the work that black women have done in our in in the in just like black lives movement and just in in the the freedom and the and the fight for equality in the black culture um and so i, I was like oh that, i'm so sad but i'm also like weirdly happy that he, uh, yeah. he is single. Um, you have a chance now. I, I don't have a shot in hell, but <laughs> like, I'm, I am realistic in that way, but you like, know. you know, I could try. And so, and then it, and after, so of course it was like, that's how the, most of the internet felt, right? Like they felt like, oh my God, this is so sad, but oh my God, we all have a shot now. You know, like that's kind of how everybody felt. Mm-hmm. And then like a day later, we come to find out that... He's rumored to be with Minka Kelly. If you watch Friday Night Lights, she was one of the main characters in that, and she was in other things. Um, and so, again, none of this is, like, confirmed or whatever. Um, but Minka Kelly is a white woman, like, pure, like, all white. All, like, all Caucasian. She's got, like, some touch of melanin in there. I don't know if that's from sun tanning or what, but I was like, she's I not, mean, like, pasty white. No, but she's she's a white woman. She, yes. Like, she doesn't... Yes. That we know of. I don't know what other yes. her, heritage... Ethnically... Ethnically, where she else could she be, but... Yes. Um, and so, people are having feelings about this, because here's this, like, woke black man... A multiracial black man. Just got a BET award. Who got a BET award, talked about black women and this all these different things, and now he's dating a white woman. Possibly. Yeah. We don't know. It's not confirmed. Um, there was an article in Afropunk that kind of talked that talked about interracial dating. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a very interesting article because it kind of talks about just the politics of dating interracially as well as within your race and the the policing that happens um, within race, within races um, of like, you know, how certain people feel certain kinds of way when they see a black man with a white woman, like, why aren't you with a black woman? Are we not beautiful enough or whatever? Mm. Um, and I, I say that because I feel the same way when I see an Indian man with anybody that isn't an Indian woman or a Desi woman. Um, and I know that the, that's like internalized things, right? There's like internalized feelings about those, about, about those things. Um, so I wanted to talk about it because, like, I feel like interracial, interracial dating or dating in general, dating in general is all, already hard, but... Um, it's a thing. Yeah, but the idea of interracial dating, like, for me, wasn't a thing that I thought I would ever do until I moved to New York. Because mm-hmm. my whole life, interracial dating, I, I grew up with my parents being, like, you know, want to establish and create a space where our culture was, you know 
nurtured and continued on to generations to come. So in order to do that, you need to marry a Desi boy. You need to marry a nice Christian Indian Malayali boy. If you exist, holler, but like you, I have yet to find you. Um, Do it for the culture. (laughs) Do it for the culture. (laughs) Do do it for the podcast, y'all. But, uh, cause the ones I've dated, not great. Um, so, and so my mom would always say like, it's my mom and dad always say, you know, marriage and relationships are already hard. Why do you want it complicated with adding, like trying to understand someone's culture and religion and language and all these different other things, just date someone who has the same, at least the same foundation. So it makes it easier. So my whole life I've thought about it that way and then come to New York and I'm in this like. It's a free for all. Free for all. There's just beautiful people everywhere. Like New York, it's it disgusting. Is, it is a. It is a. We have beautiful. I mean, we also have weirdos too. But like, we have for yeah, the most the beautiful people here uh, are around every corner. Like, I walk and I'm just like, that's a beautiful person. That's it. Like, men, women, like people are beautiful here. Do you remember when you first moved to New York? You fall in love like every day, uh, and then after a while, you just get used to falling in love <laughs> with people. It's like that was just second nature. It's like now I see someone behind the counter at Starbucks. Well, not Starbucks. Starbucks. Mm-hmm. I don't like to go to Starbucks. I go to some, I'm a in lo- New York. A local, a a local, local co- coffee shop. Yeah, a local coffee shop. And you see someone and you're just like, wow, she is outstandingly beautiful. Just in spirit, like right. aura coming it's, across. It's not even just like physical beauty. It's yeah. like, it's all of those not things. Not conventional right? like People Magazine cover right, beautiful, sure. but just like got this really warm energy. And then you're like, thank you. You take your receipt and your mm. coffee and you go and you sit go down on, yeah. and it's like going on about my day. Right. So anyway, so like... I've only started really dating outside of my race within the past, like, maybe three to four years. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is always, like, a very new territory for me because not only am I thinking about, like, what me and this other person's partnership is going to look like, possibly, long-term, short-term, whatever, but I'm also thinking about what this partnership is going to look like in my culture. Me walking in with a black man, me walking in with a white man, me walking in with a multiracial man, like, what is that going to look like when I walk into a room? How is my dad going to react? How's it, like, so there's like family like pressures of that. Oh, absolutely. But, which is like will always exist. Sorry, family. <laughs> like it's going to happen um, because there's expectations, right, that you have in relationships or what you expect your child to be in as far as a relationship is concerned. But also the politics of it, right? Like the politics of like, you know, me as an Indian woman, if I date a black man, there there's going to be a lot of feelings that that exists in both cultures, right? Like me bringing a black man into the Indian community Mm -hmm. or the Desi community, they're going to have some very negative feelings about me dating a black man. Cause for whatever reason, maybe he's not as attractive as they or lighter skinned as they want him to be, or all, you know, just a lot of BS, right? Healthy colorism, healthy colorism, healthy. I'd rather you date a darker Indian than a lighter black. (laughs) I have to tell you about it. There's a whole... That's a whole That's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother podcast that we can have weeks and weeks of. We need to to do better. Sorry. (laughs) You're having a lot of feelings. Stop stop making... (laughs) Um, But then if I come into the black community as an Indian woman, there's going to also be a lot of thoughts that black women Mm -hmm. in the black community is going to have about me coming in with my quote-unquote Becky with a good hair. I was going to say. You know? Because those, those documentaries of, like, Indian mm-hmm. women cutting their hair to I go mean, to sell in the United States. Right. We have a friend who straight up told me, grow out your hair, I'll buy your hair. So and I'm wild. just like, I love you, girl, but, so like, wild. my hair is not as cute as other Indian girls' hair, so you should just go buy, like, the real thing. Don't oh, get mine. Um, but, you know, so there's there's so much politics with relationships. There's Relationships are already very hard. Yeah. And so when you add these other layers to, you know the politics of dating within various cultures. Like, 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, for you, you grew up in a in a family that mm-hmm. was interracial. So, like, what is your perspective on it? Because I grew up in a very seriously homogenous yeah. idea of of dating and relationships and love. Yeah, where I grew up, it was in the suburbs of St. Louis. It was either black or white. We right. didn't have a lot of other groups represented. Right. My friends, very midwestern, very midwestern <laughs> yeah. dichotomy. And so my. Dad is black. My mother is white. Mm-hmm. Um, dad was from inner city St. Louis. Mom was from a more rural area, and then they met and came together. I know for them, knowing what I know now about how they started, yeah. it's very sweet, like mm-hmm. how they found each other. But um, the f- my mom's family, some of them were welcoming, right. some of them were less thrilled. And can I guess who like offline? <laughs> <laughs> you can make your guesses <laughs> offline. We, had, we talk about each other's family a lot. <laughs> yeah, we don't, and and we don't. Uh, my dad has never uh, spoken names on mm-hmm. my mom's side of the family as far as who did what, but there have been certain gestures made sure. that made it difficult for him. But I think he looked past all that mm-hmm. because he liked my mom, mm-hmm. and so uh, they were together for some time before they had me, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I, then I, bless the world. Yeah, we get it. And then yeah. I walked, you know, straight <laughs> into. I walked into the world just like ready to go. You're like, I was I'm like, here. You're welcome. I was shooting a jump shot straight in, like first first year old. I was like, all right, I'm hitting threes. Um, I was. I didn't think about race in our house. We never talked about it, and oh, it was really? not a point of discussion when I was younger. And that's what is always interesting for me. I remember in college, someone asked me. Uh, What's it like to be in an interracial household? I'm, I'm literally asking you that right now. Yeah, yeah, I was like, it's just like... It's a household. It's a it's, house. Right, <laughs> it's, like it's, a, it's two people that care about each other. It's two humans who love each other yeah. in a partnership. We never talked about it. It wasn't yeah. a thing that was interesting to us. And But when we would talk about it, it'd be, it would be jokingly. It would mm. be something where we would joke about race. Like, because my... I'll give you a, a common thing that would happen when I was a kid. We'd be somewhere in... Uh, I don't know where. Just somewhere. My mom does something nice. My dad notices she does this nice thing. Mm-hmm. And then he'll just look at her with these very fond eyes and he'll smile and he'll be like, I'm just oh. like picturing your mom and dad that happening right now. And mm-hmm. that's really adorable. Yeah, my dad's a very like loving, joking guy. And he'll just look at my mom and he'll be like, oh, you are just the sweet. Betty, <laughs> my, you are absolutely the best. I love you so much. And then he'll like, he'll kind of say to me, like, Alex, when you get older, marry a nice white woman like your mom. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, and that's, and that was, and my mom would just roll her eyes and just, oh my God. You know, and this, but that was like our way of acknowledging like, yeah, race is a thing in our house. But we joke about it. Right. And it was, and my dad had been married twice before Mm -hmm. to two black women. And so, um, he, and he had sons in both marriages. So I have two half brothers who are fully black Mm -hmm. and I'm the only, uh, mixed. And so we didn't talk about it except for like when I'd see my brothers, there's, there's that, that, uh, difference, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't anything that like really drew attention to it. I didn't really get consciously woke Mm -hmm. until, uh, like right before grad school into grad school Mm -hmm. and but growing up in north county st louis it was always questions from black my black Mm -hmm. friends like why do you talk white Mm -hmm. and then from my like you're too white 
Are uh-huh. you t- what, when are you too black? The white like, kids love me. Like all the white kids were like, because you, you were cool. Because I was cool. They were yeah. like, oh yeah, because you were cool. Right. You were the cool. Like because you have you have a little bit of black in you. So I was cool. before there was Barack Obama. <laughs> I was like the oh yeah. he's unusual. He's right. not black. He's not white. What is he? So all the girls. He's a, he's a little caramel bitch. Yeah. yeah. People were like they thought oh he's he's like he's, he's different, different enough that he's exotic, but right. he's. Light exotic. enough that he's safe. That he's that safe. Word. You know, yeah. he's exotic but safe. And so that's what I, I put this in terms of my adult mm-hmm. brain now. But totally. back then it was just like, oh, he's cute. Um, whatever. I mean, that also happens now too. Being your wing woman is Life very is a frustrating. Struggle. Life is a struggle. <laughs> you don't know my plight. It is a whatever. struggle. <laughs> Being your friend sucks. <laughs> I just want to have- say when I go out with Alex, it is just everybody is like, Alex. Don't I- let her fool. I have a face made for podcasts. Um, so anyway, we have... That is an absolute lie. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> As you pop this pill in front of me. That's hilarious. Anyway, we have... Um, we have a close friendship, buddy. This is nothing. <laughs> I'm not even going to go into it. We ha- Anyway, so race was not a thing in my household, mm-hmm. but I know for people outside of my household, sure. people asking, what's it like to be in an interracial household? But it's the most boring. Th- there's nothing to say. But for other people, they wonder. They're like, do you guys talk about race all the time? No. Mm. The person who talked to me the most about being a black man was my mom. Mm -hmm. And making me, like, aware that it was going to be... Yeah, she would notice if I was somewhere with her Mm -hmm. versus if I was, like, in the presence of my dad. Talking to... Mm -hmm. She would, like, notice little things like that, so... But it's also, like, your mom married a black man. She knew. She knew what she was getting herself into, and now she has a yes. son yes. who is a black man. White and- woman from the sticks of Missouri, mm-hmm. all white town, mm-hmm. little, like, couple thousand people in the town, right. all Catholic family, mm-hmm. goes ahead, only one in an interracial marriage, and has a mixed son. Mm-hmm. She was, like, uh, an older, too. She was in the late 30s when mm-hmm. she had me. And so, I think I remember her saying something, like, when she went to her reunion, uh, like, she noticed... This, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. everyone's like, what is she doing? Because you know yeah, she's Betty. making different choices. Betty made a different choice. Yeah, and I'm so like, I look mm-hmm. at it now, and I'm like, that must have been so you're brave. Gonna send this, you're gonna send this podcast. Here Don't now. listen to this, mom. Uh, mom, we we admire you. Yeah, that's what he's basically trying to say. Mom, <laughs> yeah, mom did a, a really big thing, mm-hmm. and like going forward with what she thought was right, right, and other people really scratching their heads and wondering. He, she went against the grain, she against, against the grain. what's normal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I won't even and, go to all the stories that sure. are behind that. But mm-hmm. that's her business. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, she definitely took a conscious move there. Yeah, um, I, I just think about that because I even when I talk about dating with my family. Um, you know, being older and things like that, um, there, you know, there's, there's lots of concern as to why I'm still single in my thirties and living on my own in big old New York city. Which and, I don't get asked because I'm Cause not you're a, a dude. Yeah. Cause you're a dude. Right. Um, it's not, you're, you don't have the pre-existing condition of being a woman with ovaries. We'll right. talk about that later <laughs> if, in like a minute. Yeah. Um, but it's just, uh, one of those things where I, um, you know, when I talk about, like, it's just, you know, if, if my parents want me to marry a particular type of boy, mm-hmm. be partner with someone so they feel at ease. My mom always says, I just want you to be settled. I want you to be settled. I'm like, Mom, what does this look like? I, right. I have a job. I live oh in a God. good, like, you know, it's just hard because, you know, culturally I have to, I have to negotiate what I know to be. Like my truth and what is her truth and yeah. and and be sensitive and empathetic to that, even if I don't agree, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
show a little bit of grace, even if she, you know, she's my mom. She's concerned. Whatever. That is Wrigley running around behind us, just so you all know. He is running under that couch like he's, there is he's money play, under there. He's playing with a ball. He's um, he's literally playing by himself. He's such a little only child. Anywho. Um, Nothing wrong with only children. There's Shout no, out. I mean, you have half-brothers. That's fine. I really grew up. There's an age difference. <laughs> there is an age difference. He was 18. I know this story. When I came home with my mom one time. Mm-hmm. My brother had lined up all my shoes. Mm-hmm. I'm like two years old. Mm-hmm. Lined up all my shoes on one side of the hallway, mm-hmm. and he lined up his few shoes on the other side of the hallway, and mm-hmm. she came back with me and was like, what is this? He's like, look how many shoes Alex has. Mm-hmm. Look how many shoes I have. Shout out to Gerald, my older <laughs> brother. He got new shoes that day. <laughs> <laughs> good job. That was a good move. Um, I wish I did that. Shoot. Reba and Reddy got a lot more stuff than I did. Anyway, <laughs> I actually know that's a lie. I got stuff too. Um, but yeah, no, I just... Uh, I, and I tell my mom, like, you know, you need to stop putting me in a box of, like, only dating people that look like us, yeah. that, you know, culturally are this way. Like, I think there's some fundamental things for me of who I date, who's my partner, like, values, you know, maybe religion, all those different kind of things. Like, it should line up in some way, shape, or form, uh, because otherwise that would be hard. If I Could dated, you date someone who's a different religion? It would be very hard for me to do that. Mm. It would be very yeah. hard for me to do that. Because um, you're, uh, because it's a big you're, part of who I am. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, um, I know. And it's, and not in like some like dogmatic way, but like it's it is who I am. My values are are deeply rooted in mm-hmm. some of my in my religious upbringing. Yeah. Um, but I'm also like clearly I have friends who who are very close that yeah. are, think very differently than me. You know, but you would have it would be hard for you to go to practice your faith or just without spiritual that. without that spiritual connection of belief. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz it's just as values, right? Like mm-hmm. you want you you want your values to align, you want your um and part of my values is my religious values, you know? And so Yeah. And so just I, I think at at one point I was like, yeah, I could. I could totally do that, but it's also like but then there's negotiation. There's a lot of negotiation in any relationship, right? Like you're negotiating your time, you're negotiating how money is spent, you're you're negotiating so many things, and so adding one more thing like yeah, that values is, you don't. Want to I don't want that. to. I don't want to sit here arguing yeah. about whether God exists or not. Yeah, like, I just don't want like. And we could, but well, it's also like it, it can get existential. What, it could it could really mess if, things up. What if it's not? Does God exist? But is your God? different than that person's God, right? What if it's, like, a yeah. different form of the same God you both agree on? Mm-hmm. You believe God exists, but it's just different types of gods? Yeah. It'll be hard, because okay. it's just... it's It'll be hard, and it's because, you know, I believe... I believe in Jesus, I believe in God, I believe in the Holy Spirit, I believe in those things to be real and true. And so, to tell someone... It, it's just... It's just hard. I can live in a pluralistic mm-hmm. world and be respectful of that and all those different things. But when I think about if I possibly have children or like it, then it becomes like, how right. do you raise your children? How do you do all these things? I mean, and that's a whole other podcast and story, but like that's yeah. another, another added thing that you have to talk about in relationships. And I think yeah. um, that gets hard. But I told my, I told my mom like, well, I need to start looking outside of like this race piece, but I'll still find the, like the values piece yeah. That you want. That's a more salient identity. Sure. You can't and be, and yeah. my my mom's on board. Dad's pretty much on board. 
anyone outside of my family, I don't think they're as much on board. Um, it would be like, okay, a white man is okay, but a black man, don't bring a black man home. Like, I've, I've had, like, uncles and aunts say that to me, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, one of these days, I'm just going to bring Alex home just to freak them all out. And be like, He's a black man. Not dating him, not doing anything with him. But you can think whatever you want. I'm just not going to tell anything to anybody. It's gonna. Right. I'm going to love it. <laughs> I'll tell them about my drug distribution business Absolutely. and all that. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. slanging rock and doing doing things. Yeah, because that's, cause that's what all black men do. Trying to right? catch a rap, you know? <laughs> um, I feel like there, what is the thing? Another Daisy um, person I know said there's like this, there's an acronym for it of people you don't bring into the Daisy community in her family. It was like black Mexican. I forget what it's spelled. Was it M I B? I think she said like M I B. That might be a specific thing to her, like was, her family. Yeah, to her family. Okay, I'm I was not saying it's like, universal. I don't, I'm, like, I don't think I'm it's not saying it's that. universal, mm-hmm. but I'm just, like, and her family was like M I B or something. It was like Mexican, Islam, black. It was something like that, but I mean, it was like, it, wow. It goes, it goes back to, like, even some of the in, internal racism and inter-racism and mm. colorism that a lot of our cultures face, right? And so I just, I think about those things and I and I worry because I, I, I think that's problematic, obviously problematic. Like, right. it shouldn't matter who I bring, but if, you know, what should matter is that this man loves your daughter and treats her with love and respect and cares for you as... Like, why is that not enough? I don't know. Um, and, I, and I think about this because I'm thinking about friends who've had, friends and family members who, you know, been married and things like that. And they're marrying an Indian girl or an Indian boy and they're Christian, all these different things. But, you know, their parents are divorced. So, like, oh, no one liked that. They're, you know, if you don't have a perfect family... Mm-hmm. You, it, the quote unquote perfect whatever family. whatever yeah. that means yeah. like it could be it's like oh it's you know we don't want to talk about it like I remember I still remember the first person in our community who married a white man her when when they first came out and like hey this is my boyfriend like we want to get married all these different things the father had a heart attack within like what uh, like within the month he had a heart attack what right so like it is ah. so, yeah which is like which is like what are you talking about but it's like it's one of those things that is you know th- again this is cultural this is not every yes, family yes, yes. you know i don't want to i don't want to say that. my parents are have been incredibly like supportive and you know they have changed so much they have been learning with me in all of this you know and um and i'm grateful for their love and mentorship and all those things and that but yeah when i think about interracial dating it's just a it's just a thing someone i asked about this said they don't agree with his decision or if he did date a white person that uh he should be dating black women because you're a woke black man and you should have this kind of responsibility Mm -hmm. to uh you know against colonized America and all this colonization in general and I feel that way too but I'm also like why am I putting restraints and caveats on his relationship Ashley Graham beautiful quote unquote plus size she's just beautiful I don't know why she everyone has to call her plus size model she's married to a black man and Mm -hmm. recently she said um, in her family in the beginning they didn't accept him Mm -hmm. um which I think happens, but she's also has done things to be like recognizing that she has a black husband and that, mm-hmm. you know, there are things and there's institutional racism and marginalization that's happening and that's not okay. And, you know, and if she's able to be that way, who am I to be like, their love is not mm-hmm. valid or is not woke enough? Like, yeah. get the hell out of here. It's so wild. You meet somebody from a different race and you just assume, wait, he's black. 
he can't love you to the degree yeah. that someone... It means you went into your relationship with your daughter mm-hmm. believing she was going to have this one type of person. You constructed this this uh, archetype mm-hmm. of her partner in your mind. Right. And then when it didn't match the blueprint... Right. Because it was it, her life... It, it makes your brain explode. It's amazing. Like, our brains struggle... It's just, I mean, and I think about it with my parents when I went into the, my career that I'm going into when I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. I know when the, I was first born on April 15th, yeah. they had a lot of expectations on me. I was their firstborn yeah. kid, and I can only imagine that. I have a niece that I think about all the time that I'm just like, I have so many expectations for her, and I'm her aunt. <laughs> like, I'm not even her mom, you know? Yeah. And, like, I'm expecting to see her marry a man. I'm expecting her to mm-hmm. go to college. I'm expecting her to be musical or possibly sporty. Like, I'm excited because both her parents are very musical. Yep. Shout out to my cousins. Um, but, you know, all of these different things. I'm having all these expectations on her. Because you all are the ones guiding her. Right. Right. I'm expecting her to always be a girl. I'm always expect like, I'm mm-hmm. expecting her all of these things. And the minute she diverts... In any way, shape, or form. Right. Little ways, okay, but what, what, wait, what do you mean you're not going to go to college? Oh, what do you mean you're marrying a woman? Right. Or you're, it's just like, whoa. That wasn't part of the plan. That you're wasn't like, the plan. That's not right, you know? It's like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I have something planned for you that's going to be better. Like, right. don't do what you think is right. <laughs> right. Do I mean, what I think is right. And, and it's, there's, obviously, there's wisdom in, like, learning and getting advice from people older than you. But, yeah. I don't know. It's just, I, I... Jesse, love whoever you want to love. I yeah. wish it was me, but it's okay. Right. Jesse <laughs> can do whatever he wants. He's a grown man. And uh, there's nothing... I uh, I think if you can... It's really up to the individual to reconcile their feelings around that. Right. And if you can live with yourself and make sense of your values to a certain cause... Right. And the person you love cannot interfere with that, then I think you should go ahead and do it. If you have any inkling of discomfort because it's your own personal thing, of right. like I'm going outside of my values by dating or being with this person, mm-hmm. then there's some real soul searching to do there. Yeah. But I mean, if if there's no if there's no um, feelings on that level, and you don't have the inkling of like. Um, any kind of dissonance within that choice, then I'm like, whatever, man, be happy. Do, do your thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, they think, they say everything about a relationship is about timing, chemistry, and attraction, right? Is that what they say? I, I don't know. I, that's, someone said that to me. It's about, like, your timing has to be right, like, you have to be attracted to them, the timing has to be right, and there has to be chemistry. That makes what a good relationship is. And I would say the third, the fourth thing would be in a respect, a mutual respect for each other would be the fourth I thing. S- I, you could lump that into track chemistry maybe you can learn well chemistry ah. chemistry I think of like intimacy and things like that I think of like intimacy respect is huge you're like right. character yeah like attraction is just like I look at you physically I'm attracted to you mentally I'm attracted to you that's cool timing respect. does timing but like yeah chemistry I think is intimacy mm-hmm. sharing of ideas all those you can things. you can stop dating someone real quick if you lose respect oh they yep. could be as attractive as the mm-hmm. most attractive woman in the world. Jennifer right. Lopez, we'll say, for example. And then Why do you say Jennifer Lopez? I don't 
it's for another time and place. <laughs> but there's a but then attraction, mm-hmm. chemistry. You can be a little flirty. Yeah. And then the timing. Yeah, you're both single. You're right. both like at a you're settled right, place, like, in, place your in your life. life right. But then you're you ready, say you're one thing. I was dating someone one time, and she brought up safe space at her work mm-hmm. and she's like have you heard this term safe space mm. we talk about safe spaces a lot we talk about safe <laughs> space a lot and it's just something that i take as a given right and she goes she says this to me with skepticism mm-hmm. have you heard this term safe space mm-hmm. what do you think of that i'm like oh god no please don't please i'm not don't. ready you're, you're about I'm to be not, really ugly right do now it. don't do it and she but like she was a very uh inquisitive and a curious person so she actually took that as a learning moment to like oh it's great to hear a different perspective on Mm -hmm. that so i can understand more how it's used in that context Mm -hmm. so she actually took it quite well if she had shut that down completely as like absurd you would have not had another date it would have been (laughs) over from there that would have been it yeah but yeah so i mean i think that's dating is tough and whatnot but you know that's what happened again we're and we're very much talking about heterosexual like from our perspective was interracial but when you think about the LGBTQ world they too, got it hard enough they this. already have it hard like, so like I won't even I can't even I can't speak to it so I can only just say right. it, all of this dating relationships all of it is hard <laughs> and you need some persistence and resilience through it but at the core of it is about values and respecting one another yeah. I think amen so. Jesse Godspeed do you boo right. so next up we have a lot that's happened um, regarding, well, let's just talk about 45. 45 has had like quite a week. Yeah, so he's got, he's, he's been doing a ton, 45. Um, you want to talk about, like, some of the things he's been doing? I mean. He's, he, he, he said something about, like, he didn't realize how hard just, being president is. Let's just start with that, because <laughs> the general statement sums up everything. When you say... I've heard two different renditions of the quote, but it all ends the same way. He essentially said, you know, I made a lot out of me not having experience in this being a good thing. You know, but now that I'm actually in the role, there's a lot of work. Yeah. But he said he, said he, he talk- missed he his com- old life. He, he was comparing his old life to his current life, and it's a lot of work, and it's a lot harder. Specifically that it's a lot harder than he thought. And we all heard about when he was... First, shaking hands with Obama and going through it. Once he had been elected, he was going through the like prep with Obama. His body he, language was very like, oh, he looked freaked out. Yeah, he's like, oh shoot. Yeah, this is everyone commented. This is real. They were, like, <laughs> they were like, this guy seems like he just signed up for something he wasn't aware. He of. wasn't ready. Yeah, he wasn't, I wasn't ready. ready. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't ready. And so that who he, does that again? Um, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. K Hart. Okay, Hart, you're always welcome to the... He likes basketball. What's our, our invite list is about like is 15 long. people deep. I'm sure somebody's point. keeping track of it for us. <laughs> he goes, but he said, yeah, the job's harder than I expected. And that uh, my old life was really good. And he said, it's not that he doesn't like to work. That's not a problem. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of work. To which... All the rest of us were saying... No shit. We had told... We (laughs) had been saying this for... Excuse my language, but no shit. It it validates what I was thinking, and what a lot of us were thinking, is that he may not make it through all of one term, not because of impeachment or any... I don't even think assassination. Some people are like conspiracy theorists. I think he will just be disinterested and tired and miss his old life. But I think he's so prideful, and he's like... 
I was listening to a recent podcast. I can't remember which person said this. Maybe it was Fresh Air when they were interviewing one of Obama's former. Oh like, yeah, I de- it was. Heard that. It was such a. Good it was interesting. Book. It was so interesting. I mean, I think you know. She was his first term. Uh, deputy chief of staff. Yes. Which is just so badass and like. She sounded so cool, and I'm like, I kind of want to be your friend. Um, but also their lifestyle, though. Oh, yeah. It's, like, nonstop. Yeah, even working on Saturdays. Yeah. Y- you're not expected to, but you're expected to. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we could, like, she was like, we could show up and work out clothes. Right. <laughs> but we still It was very work. much like West Wing. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, rem- everything she was talking about, I'm just like, I can imagine you in the West Wing. Right. Um, CJ. C- oh, CJ Craig. You're beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Where, C- beautiful. Where is human. CJ now? CJ is currently doing a Broadway show. Oh, cool. Um, for Alyssa, what's her name? Mm. We should probably know her name. Her name is not CJ Craig, obviously. Right. Um, it is. Sorry, we're drinking some chai and such good eating some popcorn. CJ Craig is played by, Cla- oh no. That's Allison. Claudia. Allison Janney. Janney. Yes. She's also in this, uh, as a, is in a sitcom to Mom, I think, if, or like something about Mom. Yeah, if you go down, Janney. just go down. Scroll down. Uh, mom. Yep, Mom is a show that she's in. Um, oh, I forgot that she was the mom in Juno, too. Oh, yeah, I loved um, her in that. Yeah. So anyway, um, he realized it was hard. So I think he's just a very prideful person. One of the things, I believe it was in that podcast, or I heard it somewhere, um, that, you know... He's all about, like, media and, like, attention, right? And, like... Positive attention. Positive, or just... I I don't even think it's positive. He just likes people talking about him. Um, I think if you graded his brainwaves, people talking negatively about him would spike, like, 50%. But him positively being spoken about would spike at 100. Oh, yeah, because he thinks he's all that in a bag of chips. Like, when he tweets out... Oh, poor failing SNL. Just so sad. They have right. to, like, resort. Yeah, that sort of Even stuff. though he's hosted in SNL. And he's, you know, we have a former wrestler in our, as our president. So it's just interesting. He's, Wait, he wrestled? He, I feel like I keep on breaking your brain. Just so you know, I want yeah. to correct something <laughs> from last time. He, uh, President Obama was not married before Michelle. There was rumors that it was. I think I read something. It was like a... a um, a satirical mm-hmm. um, article, so I want to correct myself right here and this say is the editorial <laughs> the edit- portion. <laughs> of- I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Sorry about um, that. Got it wrong last week. <laughs> My bad. But no, um, he was in. He was in uh, a couple episodes of WWE. Sorry again with my phone. Um, I should just turn it on. Um, so I'll do better. Um, yeah, I just like you know ban. Uh, Steve Bannon, or, you know, Lucifer, um, is, um, like, he apparently wanted to be a screenwriter, maybe? Or is that something that they said in the podcast? Either way, the team that is around him is not, you know, maybe some of them are politicians, but, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. like, seasoned politicians, but most of them aren't, so they don't know what they're really doing. Um, Yeah. And one of the things um, in that podcast interview on, on Fresh Air... Uh, that the that the that the woman was saying was that you know I I hope they learn from our mistakes I hope they yeah I, but I don't know they're kind of being you no, know no one going listened. they're doing whatever they want to do no one read that continuity transition report right there was some sort of report that was written and talked about there was a trans you know the White House is turned in one day like everyone mm-hmm. is switched over and the West Wing the show talks about that pretty 
pretty nicely. Um, and the Obamas are out at like noon. Noon. And he and, rolls in at like four. Right. Like things are turned over in like mm-hmm. a three to four hour period, if not shorter, I'm sure. Um, but I just, eh, that on top of the, the, de- the, the debacle that's like the healthcare bill that was just passed. Let's talk about that. Um, so basically, oh I, I mentioned this earlier, but I am a pre-existing condition. Mm-hmm. You know, I being a woman, pre-existing condition. You were born with these. I have ovaries and a vagina. They give you a lot of emotions that right. you all really need Which to see can, your doctor about. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's cramping up style for the rest of us. And also giving me cramps. And the cramps because... that you all experience are minor <laughs> compared to the cramping that we feel socially Right, from. because, you know, as men, you have it so hard. You know, like, your life is really hard as a dude, you know? Yeah. Just, like, with all of the all of the feelings that you have to, to manage with all, you know, half of the population being females. I'm glad you understand. Yeah. Because sometimes we think we're just talking to ourselves. Right. Like, when... Our I'm Congress. Dying. I just want to say I'm dying a little inside when our, when our, saying all this. Like when our congressmen, <laughs> emphasis on men, mm-hmm. uh, explain women's issues. Yeah. I feel like women are not listening, and I really wish you all would mm. just like listen yeah, to our just, older white men who yeah. can tell you what to do with who your reproductive system. Who are just so system. well, like they're just so knowledgeable. Do you see the, all the people standing behind Trump? The, yeah, it was all bunch, the healthcare. Yeah, I was like, you said his name, ill. Sorry. Um. <laughs> behind behind this man when he's saying. Hey, we passed this bill. You didn't, for he didn't pass a bill. They proposed a bill that right. would go on to several levels right. of like legislation. And, and, and the bill wasn't even had time to be like processed by like yeah. The, like people just they no just went research, real quick. There was no research done. None of it. They don't even know no one read the bill. Like some of the staffers for some of the congressmen looked over the bill. But they like no the, one knows the actual congressman ha- like there was one congressman I don't I'm not going to care who it is. It's some old white dude from some place in America who is asking um, someone, some, you know, television news anchor person that he was, that that was interviewing him to explain the bill to him. Yeah, no, he couldn't do that. No, no, no. He, the congressman asked, like, what do you, like. anchor? No, no, no. The congressman asked the anchor. Yeah, like whoever the whoever the reporter was to like. Yeah, so I mean, this is where we're at in our world. This is not good. And and some of the pre-existing conditions include you know depression, anxiety, so mental illness. Yeah. Which is like okay, that's a really effed up thing to to Mm -hmm. say. Um, Obesity, and when you think about the causes of obesity, a lot of the times people in lower income neighborhoods with where there's um, food deserts and things like that. Again, if you don't know what these words are. Google it, learn. I would hope that would it would help you. Um, so, you know, there's just other things too that are put in there. But one thing that isn't put in there as a pre-existing condition is erectile defun- dysfunction, which I'm fairly certain that everyone behind 45 probably has. Because you know, being dudes. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. You know, if women had ED the way that men do, it would be covered. Well, they do. Actually, women do. But it's not covered. Do you know if that's covered? What? What? The pill. You know how women... What's the the equivalent for women... You know how men get ED. Right. There's an equivalency for women... Menopause? Where they don't... 
I don't, it maybe it comes along with menopause, but it's I mean, like, it you don't, they, uh, I don't plan on going through any of those things. Okay. Right. Of course. Yeah. No. Cause I'm sure. perfect. Yeah. Right. We're all going to look this way forever. And I mean, according to like my mom and my grandmother, I probably will. Cause when, that brown don't frown, you know, black don't crack, brown don't frown. And Asian, Asian don't, don't raisin. raisin. It's all the colors. Uh, the, no, but I heard that there's like women, uh, you know, once you get to a certain age, maybe it's harder to produce like, um, what do you call it? And like lubricant. enzymes, lubricant. lubricant. Thank you, yeah. lubricant um, in the vagina. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, but they also medicine also does that too. Like if you take certain medication, the side effects could be like not being able to produce such lubrication down under. Like certain medication? Yeah, I'm not like sure. Like side effects. The side effects of certain medication ah, that you take. Um, because like your sex drive can be lower and things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. I am not a doctor. My sister w- is learning to be one, so I can ask her. Okay. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> or, we'll you know, we can Google it and ask, ask we'll Google her. Google it later. But the, I mean, the point is, though, this bill also, like, it takes out some, we don't know how much it costs. They have not put a price tag on it yet. It has to, the, what, Center for Business... The Office for Business Control... Something, whatever. Budget Control Office. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. Um, they were like, we haven't even put a price on this thing. We haven't looked it over. We don't know how much it costs. And it's going to go to the Senate, and they have to work out all those details. Right. So this thing could fall apart at any second. We just don't know. It cuts out, like, ambulance transportations wouldn't be covered. Mm-hmm. Certain things that are just, like, commonplace would not right. be covered. And one of the senators... So the states can opt out of these things. It can choose not to cover ambulance rides, choose not to cover certain pre-existing conditions. And they asked him, don't you think it's a little dangerous to leave this up to the states to opt out of? And he said, well, no state would be crazy enough to opt out of some of these provisions. I mean, Are you serious? Have you, have you looked at our history? <laughs> what is going on? I mean, We just elected 45. <laughs> I didn't elect him, but some some other people did. Sure. The majority of the Americans who voted did not, but you know, forty five is elected. It is what it is. Um, but I'm you know you're still fight the cause, right? Like you know there's there have been pro- protests that have been happening, uh, March for Science that happened, um, so which is all awesome, and I hope you know people. I I just forty five is effing a lot of things up, and I just and I'm at a place where like I don't even. He's doing a lot of really stupid things, and he's saying stupid things, and I'm just kind of like, I'm just ready for... He, he His vocabulary is so small. Cause he's Smaller sp- than what? Just small. Smaller than his hands. Smaller. <laughs> I don't know if I'm delirious right now, but um, I just... <laughs> I'm just like, he repeats a lot of the things that he says. If you, I, Like, you know... He's yeah, like, it's sure. amazing. It's phenomenal. And he, you know, uses... Very man- good people. Yeah. And the it's best just, people. Right, the best people. And he'll say another phrase, and then he'll repeat it again. And Yeah, of course. We great. didn't hear it the first time. I right. never I never listen to the first Everyone thing he ticks. says. I just wait right. for the second time it comes around. <laughs> so I don't... Everyone yeah. has speaking tics, right? Like, sure. people say things like, like a lot, or ums, and, like, use gestures, and various other kinds of things. His is just... It just feels very dumb There's down. so many... And I'm just, I'm very um, disappointed in him as a president, but well, I'm not surprised. Well, he, he asked for, I thought something that was interesting was him asking for feedback. Someone pointed this out. I don't remember who it was, but they pointed out he likes to ask for feedback 
He wants it to be good feedback, but he wants to know how he's doing. So when he was in front of the podium mm-hmm. and all those people about the healthcare bill, he turns and looks around like, hey. We did good. I'm, well, not no. He's like, I'm the president. Can you believe that? How am I doing? Ugh. <laughs> like, can you believe it? So I, pur- so I purposely, when all of this was happening, yeah. I just didn't listen to the news. It was like, I try to do like one week a day where for my own mental health. One day a week. One day a week. I just don't. Yeah. Look at the news. I don't really look at Facebook unless I have to do something for work or I, I just I don't go on social media as much if I if I'm doing something if I'm you know if I don't have to. Sure. Um, and every week is going to be a different day. I, I don't choose the same day because you know life. And so that the day that all of this happened, I was that was the day that I decided not to go on yeah. to the interwebs of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came back and I was just like, oh, I'm exhausted already. Shade the proverbial thing. Yeah. And so, I mean, he's also, like, he wants feedback, but then when he's challenged or, you know, asked difficult questions or whatever, he, that reporter. Sh- he shuts down. The CBS, a, a veteran reporter from CBS um, interviewed him after his 100 days. So his 100 days of office has, has since been completed. Um, and it was an interview about, like, this is the desk from this place. And there was a little joke about, like, this red button that yeah. was on his desk, and right. at, at first I was like, please don't press it, please don't press it, because <laughs> I'm thinking it's like, you know, a nuclear bomb somewhere that's going to go off, you know? Yeah. Uh, but he's like, no, if you press it, like, someone will come with, like, a, a Coke. Coke or a Pepsi yeah. or whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, and, uh, and then right after that, he asked that question of, like, you know, the wire, whole wiretapping microwave thing about, about President Obama, you know, what do you say? It's like, oh, all these fake news, blah, 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 all these different things. And then he's like, no, I want to hear from you. You're, you're, you're the, the you're the president. president. Yeah. You're the president. I want to hear right. from the horse's mouth essentially is what he was saying. And he was just not having it. 45 was like, um, okay, this is over. And just like turns he around. Tur- this interview's over. This interview's over in like standing at the corner of the desk, turns mm-hmm. around, walks to the desk, sits down, takes a pe- takes. The whatever so blank pieces of paper that are on the table. And they was, looked blank. They they were probably love notes that are, like, probably, like, you know, secret. Like, if you have to put a specific light into it from Vlad, you know? Yeah, sure. From from his Russian lover. Um, he is, uh... It, but he just sits there and shuffles the papers. Right. He it does. He looks like he's reading it, but I, I wonder. And he just looks at the camera for a second, and then he looks down at the papers, and yeah. he's just awkwardly sitting there pretending to work. Yeah. And everyone's just like, all right, so I guess I guess this is done? I wonder how long he sat there. Like, I genuinely... Like, I wish just, I could have seen that. <laughs> I wish I was a fly on the said, wall for it. Right before that, uh, he said... I forget if it was Reagan or somebody. He goes... Oh, no, was it Bush? He goes, there are no corners of the Oval Office. There's no place you can hide. And I, Yeah, it, it wasn't Bush. I mean, though I could see Bush, he wasn't the, you know, the brightest crayon in the crayon box. Right. But... He goes, but he's like, you're right, there are no corners. That in it a is freaking round. Oval. <laughs> it is round, but it's very open. You can see out, but there's no one out there. Like you get, yeah. He goes, I think the point was that, like, everything, the buck stops with you. Like, everyone uh-huh. can like, right. have access to you. There's right. no place you can hide from responsibility. Right. He totally missed it. He had no clue. It's, you know, it's a higher level of thinking. And again, it goes back to what we've talked about before. You know, for Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, 
pardon my lack of respect in that moment right there, but President Barack Obama needed to be better than the best. He had to go to the best schools. He had to have the best marriage, the best kind of kids, all those different kinds of things in order to be in office. And then we have someone here who is a sexual predator by all, you know, I'll let that slide. Sure. Um, and you know, grabbing him by the vajayjay. You can just say grab him by the pussy. That's what he said. If 45 said it, I think we can say it. I heard him. Um, and so, you know, we're at this, this juncture where, you know, mediocrity is okay. Um, that's really what it is. And, um, this will probably get into our third segment, but like, there's something that, um, a comedian once recently said that people like the difference between truth and, um, essentially what people want to feel or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, pe- people don't care about the truth. They care about, yep. you know, it's emotion. It's all emotion after that, like yeah. for a while. And he, he in some way, shape or form tapped into it and has somehow still been playing this game. And it's, you know, I don't think he's going, I think he's going to finish the four years. Uh, he unless, most he get, will. unless, unless he gets impeached or something really right. like sad happens. And it's, I don't wish ill for him sure. because I still want to respect the office of the presidency. I just don't respect him, you know? And yeah, it's so, wishful thinking for me to have him leave before four years. Sure. But I think he will finish out four years. Because I think he has, I mean, I think he wants, I mean, to be, to be an impeached president is like, you know, there's not many in our 200 plus year history. And the last one to resign was Nixon. Right. And I think, yeah. but you know what? I also don't think he cares about history. No, he cares about right now and what the ratings are now and all these different things. And again, someone... If he left saying he was a great president... I'm going to lose my bananas. No, if he left after two years and was like, you know what, I'm finishing out on a high note. I fixed the country in a lot of ways in two years. I could see that happening. I'm sure you're seeing that right now because I think the jobs... um, The jobs... um, Unemployment rate is the lowest it has been in 10 years. Mm Mm-hmm. He's only been president for like a hundred and some days. Boo, yeah. it's not you. Yeah. Someone prior to you helped take care of that, you know? Let him have what he wants. So let him have it. I mean, it'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of all of that comes to be. Um, but, you know, 45 is doing things, and I think people need to wake up and and make moves as they can. Resist. And vote for your local... Congressional yeah, I mean, district in the next. I election. think November something in two thousand eighteen. November eighth or nine. I mean, check it out. Like, talk to your local precincts about like what when your elections are. Be informed because it has to start locally. And for us, we are at least for me. I know that I enjoy living in my little New York City bubble. Um, it's okay. It's you know, it's I, I like <laughs> where I live. Beautiful people, as we mentioned earlier, and. Um, diverse thinking and things like that but that's not always the case everywhere else and so just trying to um people just need to get informed woke and start working like you know what or run run for office yourself if you're into it yeah get that money together i don't know where you find that but you know i'll I'll go on the other side for a second i try to empathize i think we try to look where a trump supporter is coming from and i was looking at a couple again (laughs) <laughs> I was looking at some pictures from these rallies, and uh, just recently I was looking back at some uh, pictures of people holding up the signs and um, just cheering. You can just see their voices, and the, these, what stood out is that hopeful look in their eyes, sure. right? You look at all these white crowds, mm-hmm. 
all these people from middle America, a lot of them are wearing, the younger people are all wearing t-shirts. Mm-hmm. The older people are all wearing button-ups. Mm-hmm. The women are wearing glasses and hairstyles that are like 90s set. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at these, I'm like, okay, th- this small town area mm-hmm. where he is, right. these people feel forgotten about, yep. right? I get why <clears throat> Hillary just wouldn't have worked. And sure. I know she came out this week and was like, if, if James Comey of the FBI didn't release that statement that he was investigating another server mm-hmm. some days before the election, she would be our president. Or, you know, she could have also gone to other you know, states like Michigan and Wisconsin. And been more relatable. Yeah. And that just wasn't her flavor. And, and you know, there's misogyny in the patriarchy also against sure. her. Yeah. But that, yeah, and I look at that crowd of people mm-hmm. who are supporting 45, and they wanted to see some. Look at all the personality he's got. Yeah. Look at all He just says pizzazz. it like it is. He tells it like it is. Yeah. And I look at these guys, and there's some pictures I saw of guys who are bikers mm-hmm. wearing sunglasses and bandanas, and they've got these, like, they're goatees le- or, yeah. or beers, and then they're wearing, like, a Harley Davidson T-shirt. That guy's not rolling with Obama, and that guy's mm-hmm. not rolling with Hillary, but I got a guy out here who's grabbing people by the pussy, mm-hmm. and, like, that's... This biker's dream. Like, this guy right here says what I think, and he's unapologetic. Ugh. And he, he and he's... Here's the worst part. To me, subjectively, this is the worst part. He's got charisma. It's not charisma. It's dopiness and, like, a false sense of superiority. Yeah. It's narcissism. It, it's narcissism masking in, an inferiority complex. Yeah. And so he has all this, and they're like, that's a manly man. No, that's a that's kind of a child. He's quite immature. He's a boy who kind of shaves. He's a boy who kind of shaves, exactly. I've never seen him with a beard. I don't know if he could ever grow one, but I, he's never had facial hair that I've, yeah, since I've been I, alive. Yeah, neither. Keeps a clean-shaven look. Makes him uh, look trustful, trustworthy. Really? To other people, not to me. He's, okay, I'm I was just saying, like, I don't think that's... Well, there's nothing to hide behind. We'll say that. Oh, that's... I guess that's a way of... Yeah. That's what people think. Way of thinking. Nothing to hide behind. But... Man, James Harden must have a lot lot to hide behind. Like, he must have a lot to hide. There's... When he shaves, he looks... He looks weird. Like a baby. He looks... Yeah. And, like, I I don't know... Like, when I've I've seen a picture of James Harden without a beard, Mm -hmm. I was just like, whoa... No, I don't like that. <laughs> Grow your beard back. He, he looks strong with the beard. He looks quite I mean, strong. it looks good on him. Yeah. I mean, not everyone can pull it off. I hope, I hope Obama grows a beard. If he could do that, Yo, I'd love man. to see him with a beard. Just like, I'm like loving, some scruff. I am loving scruff. his chill, I I was President 44 vibes. Like, yeah. His, his whole style and aesthetic, I'm so into. That picture of him wearing the all-black suit with the white collar and oh. unbuttoned, like, two buttons oh at my the top. God. I was like, like this I guy's so cool. <laughs> like, I've never found him to be attractive, but in that moment, sure. I was like, all right, mm-hmm. you're cute. Yeah, like, we, yeah. I'm into it. I, I would go on a date with you. That's my wingman right there. <laughs> Shoot. That's my guy. He, 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 he would be so, like, I could just hear him singing, you know. Some Al Green. Oh, when he did that for uh, Michelle, I about I melted too. I was like, oh my. I'm just like, why can't I find a man like that? <laughs> Where are you? Where's my president? Um, he, the he president of my world. He did come back and make a statement uh, supporting uh, Macron in France mm-hmm. for the upcoming election, right. which... 
keeping up with that, of what little I heard about the debate, it sounded like the woman mm-hmm. candidate, Le Pen, mm-hmm. did a Donald Trump, where right. she used her hands a lot mm-hmm. and started throwing, like, these jabs and these nonsensical these remarks sound bites. Yeah, yeah. at him. And right. she had seen that it worked in the U.S. election. I'm sure that her coaches and her people managing the campaign were probably like, you know, this swung the American vote, and we might want to use that. Right. In it. But according to French uh, the journalists, they're saying that people were more turned off by that. But you know what? That was said here in the United States, too. So we'll find I, out. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of what ifs, and I wonder if there's like a, a parallel universe that where a different outcome happened in this mm-hmm. area, and I wonder what, what that world is like. So here's what's happened. I had a conversation today with mm-hmm. our good friend, Jacob. Oh, yes. Jacob, second podcast in a row that you're being mentioned. He's hey, a big boo. time, big time celeb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he read a science fiction novel uh-huh. recently about a futuristic time. That so sounds like him. That's him. Mm -hmm. About a time when people will have these scores that Mm. they're graded by. Not far off from what China was trying to propose for their citizens a couple years ago, where everyone would have like a social standing score. Right. You would be graded on like your credit score, your education level, your job, and all these other facets of your life. I think I would do pretty well in all of those facets. I'm sure you'd be a perfect 10. I mean, I am, so I don't understand. In all respects. In all respects. Currently. (laughs) Obviously. So they would have this social standing score. And in the novel, people have these scores. And let's say, like, in any basic interaction, you're graded. You and I have a conversation with anyone in society. That person can then rate us on the quality of that conversation. It can Mm. be at, like, a, let's say, out of a five scale. All right, I just had a conversation with Alex, 4.2. I go to a car dealership Mm. to rent a car. I have a score composite of 3.6, right? This is like Uber for, like, people. Like Uber, Uber for rating, people, yes, Uber rating exactly. for people. Exactly, 3.6 composite score, let's say I have, and I go into... Alex, that's a, not great. That's not great! And so, great, in this society of the book, if you go in and, you, okay, let's say you have a bad conversation with the guy uh, renting out the cars... He might go and give you a bad score. You're now down to a 3.4. Right. And then, but you need the to average. drive out to your, your friend's wedding. And I'm going to be a, uh, a groomsman mm-hmm. in my friend's wedding. But then my friend's like, oh, I can't have a 3.4. Right. What's that going to say about me? Right. And so everyone kind of knows the score. And it's all... Do you like... Is it like on you as a person? Because that'd be kind of interesting. What do you mean? Like your score like changes on, and it's on you as a person. Oh, you mean like physically Physically visible. on you. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure Because I'm going to be that, that person a... that's going to have a five because competitive wise I want a five. Yeah, no. We would all go for fives. But right. can we all do it? I don't know. But... I but I can. <laughs> but the society of... But I'm just saying like this kind of thing is not out of the realm of reason at this point. Think about this. We used to have to go to the movie theaters... Or you call a movie, you get tickets going there to the box office, right? right? Now, you go on your phone, Fandango, Fandango, I just buy my tickets, choose my seats, I show up, I don't even need to print tickets. You don't have any, you don't need human interaction. You don't even need anyone at the kiosk. No one is needed. And so, the only thing Except the person who's scanning your phone, probably. Okay, but... I don't even need them because if there's some kind of a barricade between me and the theater where I can just show my phone to a scanner, it'll just let me through the door. I mean, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. And the only thing that we are missing now, my finger types in the Fandango order, Mm -hmm. remove my finger from having to do that and just have a direct link between my thought and my phone. 
and that's right around the corner. The fact that I can even think that, it means it's going to be just around the corner. I still remember when my dad was like, I bet you in, at any point we're going to have like all this music, phone, internet, everything oh in one God. place. And, I, and then when it happened with the iPhone, when it first came out, yeah. it was like, what? Like, you know? Who needs CDs? I mean, because, you know, there was Palm Pilots, there were... There were smartphones in that nature, but they were obscenely expensive compared yes. to... I mean, they're still very expensive, but, you know, that's when you have plans, you know, mm-hmm. that you can work with your phone company. Right, Alex? When you want to get your new piece of phone. <laughs> Yo, shout out to T-Mobile for those flexible contracts. I respect you. Some people do not. And thank you very I, much for your service. Um, yeah, but I would just like for you to get a better phone. Um, LG, I need you to... I just need you to get a new phone. The Wi-Fi <laughs> consistency on that LG 4 is not holding up. It's I, not cutting the mustard. My plan is to, for every podcast, to bring up how I need you to get a better phone. That phone is done. It's We've been through a lot together. I, and that phone... You have. Shout out to Otter Case, who has kept my phone from water damage for over two years. You mean Otterbox, but okay. That too. So, (laughs) but the point point is this, but the point is this, technology-wise, we are in such an environment where Facebook just hired, I won't even go into why, but Facebook just hired 3,000 more people Mm -hmm. to monitor their live stream video for Mm -hmm. censoring. Right. So... So that there's you not can, killings and suicides and things like that. Which have been happening. That have been happening, yeah. You, you can see around the world what someone's doing in Australia from here. You yeah. can see what's happening in Japan in real time. And so now the world's so close together that we have this, this strong opposition between a Le Pen and a Macron mm-hmm. and a Trump and a Hillary. And Hillary's not even that far left. Right. Macron's not... He's centrist. Right. So, like... He is very hillary Yes. Yeah. You know? So, we don't even have a super liberal representative in, in our mainstream politics, but the conservative side is extremely right. Because, I mean, right in terms of... Not correct, but just very yeah. conservative. Mm-hmm. They see a world that is going so fast at hyperspeed, where when you're in the middle of the country and you don't have access... To those sorts of resources that the aristocracy has. So the first people who will get phones that connect directly to their thoughts are definitely going to be people with money. Right. The people who have the first Google self-driving cars are going to be people with money. So the first people who had iPhones and smartphones or Palm Pilots were mm -hmm. people with money. The first time that they start bringing self-driving cars into the trucking industry, you're going to see a lot of middle U.S. people out there on strike. Right. It's going to be It's hard. like the new immigrant stealing your job. Yep, and it's going to be technology it's stealing be your job. It, yeah. Think about how... Anyway, we haven't even figured out... Here's where we need to get to. In our lifetime, I hope this happens. I'm not sure it will. But we as human beings are so smart, we can develop all these technologies. But we still haven't figured out how to produce food and distribute it without us having to do work. That's true. We still have... No, I'm not I mean, saying I want to put efficient. farmers out of jobs. Yeah, no, no. We've, we've definitely if, been efficient, yeah. not... But if people are going to be out of jobs, then we need to have enough social capital for people to just live. Yep. Food, shelter, water, education, all the bare necessities. Fresh air. Yeah, fresh air. All of that stuff needs to be, like, super available for the planet, and technology is supposed to help us get there. But if we still rely on these industries that, you know, you got to work labor, blue-collar jobs, 
to have money to exist in society, but society is one where you have to pay $495 for a pair of shoes, <laughs> and the new iPhone, and the new Apple Watch, and the new MacBook, right. all of this stuff, people are going to get left behind, and that's where we see people like Le Pen and 45 and all of these sort of people. This is me just saying, in the future, we need technology to work for us, not us for technology. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That was. I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm just saying, like Le Pen. I hope that she doesn't win, and I hope France is still like. I feel bad for Justin Trudeau and all of this because he had a bromance that was real and true, and I, now it's he's still just there. Like, it's just he just misses his his boo thing. Yeah, he doesn't have any power anymore though. And he's so cute. Um, let's talk about Sean Spicer for a second because I just I don't want to go in depth with this. I just want to point out what everyone else is saying across Twitter. Sean Spicer made a comment about. Syrian refugees. And the and the gas attack that happened on them. There's a gas attack. How many people were killed in that? Do we know? Too many. It was like 80. It was a lot. It's more more than one is a lot. It's yes. One is a lot. unacceptable. Yeah. And, and just inhumane. And so he said, and Sean Spicer rightly pointed that out. This is completely inhumane. And Hitler didn't even use chemical weapons. This... To which... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't even... Like, let's just make sounds, because that's... I, I just don't even... So, I watched that briefing live. I was... I you were watching... Was, what were you watching? It, I believe it was uh, on um, on uh, CNN. Oh, I thought I thought you were going to be my only friend who watches C-SPAN. I do watch C-SPAN. You watch C-SPAN? Yeah. What happens on there when they're not? I mean, not a lot of things. I mean, they they have a really they have really cool um, like book uh, author authors coming in and talking about their books and things like that. So, um, and then obviously things that are happening in the house and the center and things like that. Which what happens is, on C-SPAN too? Same thing. C-SPAN two is more of like the books and the, and like the the lectures and guest things so things that are happening like George Washington University and even sometimes with NYU and things like that too which is kind of cool NYU I, the East Coast Columbia like Yale related I feel things. very privileged to have a friend who watches C-SPAN I mean I don't watch I don't like sit down and like watch it regularly but every once in a while you TiVo it I mean, yeah, in some way, shape, or form, I, I try to do... I I'm learning to, so much right now. <laughs> you learn, like, you know, after this many years of friendship, you still learn something new about me. <laughs> um, I get my news from Nickelodeon. <laughs> and so I was, um, I was watching it live, and he said it, and I was like, wait, what? And I, I just remember being, like, really not paying attention. It was kind of, like, in the background. And I just, like, stopped what I was doing. Because, you know, everything is breaking news in CNN. And so, um, and so I, I, and I Can't typically, wait. I typically don't watch CNN or MSNBC or Fox or any of that, but right. I'll, you know, mix it up and, and watch it. And while I was watching it, I was just like, I remember just being like, wait, what did he just say? <laughs> and I, I just sat there like, he just did not say that. And the reaction that we just had of just making noises and just shock. And I wish you could see our faces. It's just like, mm-hmm. WTF? Like What? You, because you and I went to high school. Yeah, and pretty and like I I was fortunate because I moved to the suburbs by the time I was in high school. So I went to a really good high school, very diverse teachers who not only taught from the textbook but also beyond the textbook, which yeah. I, I'm really grateful for. Sure. But even just basic, if even I read, even if I just read the textbook, I think you know. I also watch TV, TV movies. Yeah, you know, Shawshank Redemption isn't that the Holocaust movie? Because I've never watched it. No. 
Shawshank Redemption is not a Holocaust movie. Shawshank Redemption is. Yeah, I think. Are you thinking of um, Schindler's List? I'm thinking of Schindler's List. Yes. My bad. <laughs> uh, Morgan <laughs> Freeman. <laughs> My bad. Reel it back. But I knew what um, you meant. They start with a shh. <laughs> the shh of it. Um. Basic. Again, and this is coming from a place of privilege, like education. We both have degrees, you know. But even, but even still, I think if I ask someone in high school, sixteen, sixteen in rural America, in you know inner city of Chicago, even if they go to the worst school, I think people know who Hitler is and that he had concentration camps. Yeah, I would hope. I would hope. Again, I can hundred percent be wrong, and but I would hope that the majority of Americans know that. And words are important, and you need to be impeccable with your words. And I, I just sat there like, what? Like, just like my, my, the, my, furrowing my brows, brain about to explode. Why would you use those words? And so someone asked him that. I didn't see his response, because I think after that I just, like, shut down. Oh, I'll I, tell I you. So, I okay. was so upset. I'll pick up the ball. I'll run with it. So then, uh, freaking one of the reporters... Song rightly said she looked at her phone she goes okay i'm gonna ask you about what you just said because it's trending on twitter right you said that hitler did not use chemical weapons people are reacting to that what do you what's your follow-up to that statement and he like sent a signal to his mouth to start moving right not a lot came out at first but he, he summed it up to say well by that i meant he didn't use chemical weapons on his own people Yo, do people forget? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Everything inside of me hurts. I don't don't know where the administration for 45 is getting its people. Sean Spicer, I believe, has done PR most of his career. 18 years. So I, dude, words, come on. I don't know. PR 101. It's, It's like... It's like, all right, so Trump, I think we, yeah, I did it again. Last, last week, I think I mentioned, or did we talk about Pavarotti? Yes. Yeah, so he was mm-hmm. like, so Pavarotti he thought was alive. Right. Frederick Douglass, debatably, his good friend, we th- his his good good friend. friend. Mm-hmm. Frederick Douglass, we think, he might think he's still alive right. until recently. He also talked about Andrew Jackson and wanting, and knowing that, you know, if Andrew Jackson was a, about the Civil War, we could talk about that later. Oh, yeah, but. the Civil <laughs> So, what did he say about the Civil War? So he, so it was an interview, either podcast, radio interview situation, um, and is essentially he was saying like Civil War. You know, sometimes we don't ask, you know, why the Civil War? What? Why did? Why did Civil War happen? Um, you know, Chelsea Clinton and other people were, were like, it's pretty simple. We we know. Um, Alex is having a lot of like physical reactions right now as I'm, I'm saying I'm all of this. Really, str- my everything hurts. <laughs> um, and he's like, you know, if Andrew Jackson. I believe he was the president that uh, he was talking about. You know, he was sitting there like, why are we doing this? Do, like, if he, you know, he w- he was not for this, the Civil War. Dude, Andrew Jackson died 16 years before the Civil so War even early. began. So early. It's like, and again, I don't know my American history as well as a, an American history teacher or historians and things of that nature. And I will have to Google things, you know. I'm right. an immigrant, I, even though I've lived here most of my whole life. But he's older than us. He, is he was that. closer to the history books <laughs> than we were. You were learning about you were learning about Kennedy in real time. <laughs> like this. 
That's what I'm saying. Oh, Lord. I mean, not Andrew Jackson, obviously. Civil War is a different thing. But, like, I mean, he's pulling things out of his ass. Like, that yes. is what's happening. And he's just... and, and Like, I think his Teddy Roosevelt, his, his, his FDR mm-hmm. was our Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was closer. Mm-hmm. He's pulling things out of his ass. I'm sorry. You were saying. Yeah. And I just... Please don't apologize. Um, and uh, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. <laughs> stop saying sorry. Um, and I think it's not just him, but also his whole administration. You know, from every his whole his whole cabinet is not even fully filled. I don't think. I haven't seen Rick Perry in a minute. I mean, I think Rick Perry is just like figuring out what what energy secretary really means. Yeah. I don't know if he thinks he's going to be the Energizer Bunny or if he knows that, you know, nuclear stuff. He ordered is. drums on Amazon. <laughs> so he could just, so just, just keep bombing <laughs> the drums. <laughs> he's like, which branch of government do I work in again? The legend, which, the Executive? one that does the... <laughs> I don't know. Where do I stay? Where do I live? That's a um, callback. 2012. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, 2012? Yeah, 2012. 2012. Yeah, yeah that, that was that, that was the year he did that. What a um, time. But, you know, it's, it's, we're at this place where, like, I think even his team is pulling, because they have to somehow fix the things he's saying, and as they're doing that, they're, they're talking more before, they're talking before they can even think, right? Like, I was taught, think twice before you speak. I don't always practice that. For sure, 45 doesn't practice that. Right. Um, And now you have people who are working for him who have to, like, sometimes speak on his behalf or correct what he's saying and just tumble over their words. And said he can't admit any mistakes. It takes, it takes someone with a high emotional intelligence to be able to say, yeah, I was wrong or that, you know what, what I said was not okay. Or you know what? I hurt feelings and I'm sorry, period. You know, not buts, no, like, although none of those things, no, no, you know, extraness to it it's I, just I wish they would just admit when something didn't go right or it was then I would have some kind of confidence that you can acknowledge and see where you've made mistakes so that you can learn from those mistakes but if you think everything you do is right we're in a lot of trouble if you actually think that's right yeah Sean Spicer uh they asked him about the the fence they're building a fence they're repatching and fixing Fence pieces. That was part of the bill that just recently passed. Fence of... For the budget. For the budget In for, the White House or, like, the fence, On like the Mexico the, border. I was like, so the wall. The No. Not the wall, but, like, the not the... fence. The fence the, that's currently there. The fence that's currently there mm-hmm. was in the uh, spending bill or the uh, budget they yeah. proposed for There's the, nothing about the wall on no, the actual No, there's nothing budget. in yeah. the budget for the wall. Apparently, Trump promised that <clears> and people He promised it, but he's like, we'll do it, just not in this budget. And so they asked... Spicer about it, and he said, here is a, there's like two different kinds of fencing Mm -hmm. that have technical terms, technical names called walls, and so reporters kept asking him, so is this the the wall? wall?" Mm -hmm. And he's like, this is a wall. They're like, no, but is this the wall you've been promising? Articles are important. It's very important, you know? And he, he kept saying, like, this is called a such-and-such such wall. That is its technical name. Yeah, but is this fence the wall? He goes, this type C. J. of... Craig, C.J. Like, Craig could have killed it. Could like, have. She, she's, because, you know, C.J. Craig from the West Wing. This administration... President Bartlett. Can we have President Bartlett? 
That's kind of where I'm at. Dude, I'll... I'll take a fictional president any day at this point. I'll take any kind of... I'll take kid president at this point. <laughs> Actually, though, that would be great. Kid president would do so well at this. <laughs> kid president, you're also welcome to come to this podcast. Dang. <laughs> this... So, we, we've, we've covered a lot of, of 45, and I just want to say that um, I, I don't... I know he's going to grow a lot from this experience if... In a slow glacial place. In a glacial... <laughs> pace. pace. Not place, pace. Yeah. He, um... We'll see. I just, I just, I hope that the people who he promised things to, the people who voted for him, I did not vote for him, but the people that he promised things to, I hope they get what they were promised. You know what? Yeah. And I, I am not a fan of 45, clearly, um, but I also want to see this country be in a good place and um so i wish him the best um but trust and believe i'm not going to make it easy for him because i will protest i will do what i need to do when you are not thinking about the liberties of people around you it comes i I think it always comes back down to what i think we've talked about we talked about in our last podcast too that when you surround yourself with people that look like you that think like you um that talk like you and everything, you're not able to see any sort of the dissonance in other things. So if you don't have women at the table, if you don't have people of color at the table, if you don't have people of marginalized groups groups from the LGBTQ community, from various religious groups, from um, various ways of thought and and understanding, where there can be dissonance and arguments and things like that, because that's the world we're living in. We're not living in this homogenous world where everyone thinks the same. There's no world that is like that. I think there are... That's what people want. Right. People want... People want everyone, you know... And there are countries that have tried to make that their thing, right? And, like, I was born in a country where in order to have some rights, you have to be a Kuwaiti citizen and you have to have, you know, property. And in order to have property, you have to be a Kuwaiti citizen that was born here and all these different things of Arab descent. So when I was born, I was Indian. Mm -hmm. I was not Kuwaiti. I was... I had an Indian passport, you know? Um... That was my birth. Like, that's what it said. So, like, there is ways that, you know, we marginalize people. And if you are passing a health care bill and you don't have one woman behind you, that's sad. that is 50% of your constituents. Yeah. And you're not even talking. Like, you're not even giving them a seat at the table. I, I'm wishing him the best, but I'm, you know, nah, man. I am not even cautiously optimistic. I'm no. just incredibly realistic to know that this is going to be... A mess. <laughs> I hope, here's the thing. Do you want do you want Pence to take over that seat? No, I, I think he's also he he's another. I don't know. He's, he's, so, he's so conservative. Weird. He's so conservative. It's and there's scary. nothing wrong with that. Like, be conservative, live your life. But like, when you're living in a, and I think this is the same thing on the left side too. Just because you think and live a certain way doesn't mean you need to expect everybody to think true. and live in the same way. Very true. However, I think regardless of where you stand in the spectrum of the right and the left in conservatism to liberalism Mm -hmm. or anywhere in between, you need to be able to sit down with somebody who has completely opposing views from you and somehow respect them because I could, I could disagree with you, but I cannot be your, your human kin if you disrespect my, my existence. Yep. 
That's true. And so if your values don't align in that way, then maybe there are people that I can't talk to because you don't respect the fact that I am a woman, that I'm a woman of color, that, you know, I may have other marginalized identities, both visible and invisible. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm at a place where I'm looking at all of this Mm -hmm. and uh, November 8th, 2016 woke me up real, 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 real hard. (laughs) And I was like, oh, crap. My bubble was popped for a second, and I'm just like, I'm gonna reconstruct my bubble again, <laughs> and just like, I just need to, I need to like uh, Truman mm-hmm. show this a little bit, and just uh-huh. like I just want my little bubble, and I don't want anyone to touch it. Where's and, Ed Harris? I just need, I <laughs> I just need, need him Harris. to like be the production, you know, like executive director here, executive producer. I just want you to take care of this. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's we can, I can, we can hope for the best, but I'm expecting the worst. But no, and it's. <laughs> Yes, I agree. But it's like bridge building, right? Because someone said uh, this bridge. the other day. It was like, if if you don't know about a certain group or what something is or you're not aware of something, <clears throat> there's Google for free. That's right. what someone said uh, the other day in conversation. And I was like, thought about it for a, a while. And I was thinking, okay, but what if I live in the middle of Iowa and no one from my school, everyone at my school is a cis, white, middle class kid. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anybody from the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any people of color. And I don't have anyone with a visible disability. Mm-hmm. And everybody just seems to be okay. There's like, no dissonance. There's everything. no dissonance. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. We don't have anything that's uh, uh, disharmonizing. Is that a word? Today it is. I mean, harmony and there's dissonance. Like, that's what... Okay. Well, anyway. Musically. There's nothing... Yeah, yeah, there's there's no rift in the Mm -hmm. fabric. Everything is just seamless. Mm -hmm. And so, when you see people on TV, like Obama, or protesters, Mm -hmm. or people who just don't align with what you see on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. of course you're going to think they're a threat. And or so, they're like, so, why can't they just be, get in line? Why can't they mm-hmm. just be okay? Right. Like, things have been okay. Right. You're causing why, problems, brown people. Right. Black people. And it's because yeah. you're not... It's it's when people see all... Or black lives matter and say, no, all lives matter. Look, no like, my friends that. matter too. Right. It's because they're not woke to the issues. They don't know what's facing. Yeah, they don't know the questions to ask or the... Hmm. And yeah. so, so to there's that, a privilege of knowing what questions to ask. Right. And so to that person who said, uh, you could just Google something for free. I was like, but you don't know what questions to a- ask Google. Great minds. Yeah. Great minds right here. You don't, if yeah. you don't see anything that right. prompts you to put that question in your search bar, mm-hmm. then you're going to be forever without the answer to that. Yeah. Cause I mean, you need people to guide you to, to there, right? Like, mm-hmm. we, and we talked about it before, even in our last podcast of how, We've had to unlearn things right. that we learn in the playground, in school, in, in our families, in our churches, in our whatever. And it took education. It took people guiding us to be like, hey, have you thought about this? Mm-hmm. And causing a little bit of dissonance and a little bit of like, ooh, that, didn't, that yeah. felt a little uncomfortable. There needs to be a catalyst. Yeah. And so if we're not doing that for each other. And so, it's... yeah, we need to be bridge building. And so if you see people out there in those pictures of the people at the 45 rallies... They don't actively, outwardly, in my mind, this is me 
as a human being wanting to believe the best in other people. They don't outwardly actively hate my existence, mm-hmm. but they don't understand and they can't relate and they don't have experience and familiarity with someone like me. Right. Maybe. And so they see a guy who looks like and shares their values. Right. Uh, they're going to align with that because it's familiar to them. Sure. And see us it's comfortable. as the bad guys. It's a, yeah. yeah. And he's not... Someone in on the New York Times said this in their article. It's like, he's not their champion. He's the enemy to their enemies. Yeah. And that's why they like him. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Who said that? Some Bible quote. It isn't. No. It that would be bad for the Bible. I was like, no. That would not be good. Someone I've read a cover to cover. It doesn't say that. We'll say De Niro. Um, De Niro said that. But, uh, and then someone on Fox News, the Fox News has seen what this administration is. Mm-hmm. And I think someone also pointed out that Fox News is no longer pro-Trump. It's anti-anti-Trump. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that makes no, sense. No, that totally makes sense. No one's fully endorsing... A small percentage of people are endorsing this president still, mm-hmm. but he's got the lowest approval rating of any president we've ever had. After the, after the first 100 days, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so no one's fully endorsing this guy, uh, lock, stock, and barrel, mm-hmm. but we're, we're waiting and seeing. Everybody's just watching to see the next thing that happens. It's, so we'll wait and see. We're living in a, I don't know, like a... <laughs> Like a powder keg? Is that what it's called? I don't know. That's what I feel like we're just living... Like, anything could go off at any moment. Here's what I don't want to happen. I remember... Do you remember the 90s when Clinton was president? Yes. And we were... We we tots. We little baby lambs. Mm-hmm. He left, and then we got George W. W. Because he won the electoral, but he right. didn't win the popular vote. And we were like... Poor Al. Pff, Al, Gore, you're Gore welcome Lieberman. on this show anytime. <laughs> I'm going to give you the biggest hug <laughs> in the whole wide world. But no kiss, because that's for Tipper. Yep. Oh, God. That romance oh. is true. <laughs> that romance is real. And in, a, in the there's nothing alternative fact about that. They love each other. They do. But uh, if if, uh, yeah, if that had tough. changed, he George Bush came in and ignored some of the things that the Clinton administration advised him of. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they advised him about was... Terrorist threats mm-hmm. from bin Laden mm-hmm. and people in this group called Al-Qaeda. And the day 9-11 happened, it shook everything. Yeah. And this country has never been the same. Like, yeah. the people who are younger than us, who don't really remember that, yeah. like, grew up not knowing. Yeah. The 90s were was a time when you could just get away with telling people stuff, and they just would believe you. Yeah. Because there was this innocence in the American... I, you know that movie, Catch Me If You Can, where yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio fools everybody? Yeah. That was not far off from the 90s, where you could just show up at the airport. And yeah, and like, go yeah, all the way to the gate. Yeah, just go straight to the gate. Oh, yeah. If you had family leaving... Yeah, you went all the way to the gate. all the way it was, to the gate. It was, a, it was a family event to do mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it was like in the movies. Yeah. And then when 9-11 happened, we just became shocked, but then used to, oh, wait, they're going to go to their gate, but I have to stay out here. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the world changed, and it probably won't ever go back to the way it was. But, yeah. like, I hope we don't get rocked in our faces because our administration is complacent. Or naive to things. We're talking about bans on people entering the country and doing all these stops at the airport. But the domestic stuff, like... 
I mean, I get stopped that? at the airport all the time. So. Yeah, that's true. When uh, I, I think I, I don't think I tell you I told you this. Um, me and a few of our colleagues and friends went to a conference, and I was with a few of our mutual friends. And while we were going, they didn't see me for a second as we were going through security. Mm. And one of our friends was like, "Wait, where did Bri go?" And, and was just, like, looking for me because they were really afraid that, like, I got pulled to the side sure. yet again. Um, I was like, no, I wasn't pulled to the side. I just took a little bit longer to put my belt on and put my, sh- put my shoes on. Um, but, it, you know, but that's, you know, that's the world we're living in, um, unfortunately. But I guess we'll wait and see. Lots we'll of things have been happening. What a time. What a time. So we did our, our dabbling portion. Um, kind of switched her up a little bit, did our dribbling portion first, and then to our dabbling. So we should probably go into our dope person of the week. Yeah, let's do that. Why don't you go tell me what your, who your dope person My is? My dope person? Yeah, tell me, I, You know, this guy has been in so the news. Yes, it is, is a gentleman, mm-hmm. and he is an NBA basketball player. What? But that's not really why I think he's dope. So, Thabo Cephalosha is a Swiss-born professional basketball player mm-hmm. and he's the first and only Swiss to be drafted to the NBA in 2006 is when mm-hmm. he came in. And so last year what's his ethnicity? He's I want to like I, racial ethnicity. Racial, I mean he's brown. Okay. He looks like he's not he's not a pure white Swiss. <laughs> okay. Not white chocolate. Okay. He's got something else going on. I'm not sure what the ethnicity is, but sure. he he came into New York City. He plays for the Atlanta Hawks now, but okay. he was in New York City last year with a friend outside of a nightclub. Cops came up because he was wearing a hood. Mm-hmm. Seen this movie before. I've seen this movie before, yes. <clears throat> and he fit the profile of someone they were looking for. Of tall black he did. man in a hood. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so they came up, started verbally, as they say, harassing mm-hmm. this, this gentleman. And so friends were like, hey, that's not us, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they give him some lip. He gives them some lip. He calls one of the officers a midget. (laughs) Which is not appropriate, Thabo, by the way. Yeah. Not not, appropriate. We don't don't say that. That's not good. What are we we saying now? A little person? It is little person. Mm -hmm. Okay, little person. An LP? LP, for short. I only know that because of Little People, Big World, which is a TLC show. That might not be PC in like five years. I feel like that's gonna go out of flavor. Again, it is. It the, currently that's what we're calling right. it. It's like when Negro was like okay. Yeah, I I feel uncomfortable even saying right, that. and then even black like an happened. educational term. And then we said black, and some people were like black. That's demeaning. Mm-hmm. And now we say black. I say black American. Yeah. It's so anyway. The term now is little people thabo. Get it right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he called the officer by this name, and so an altercation ensued. Thabo's leg was broken. His uh, basketball player tibula, mm-hmm. yeah, got broken. Not his femur, mm-hmm. his tibula in the uh, shin mm-hmm. calf area. Sure. And so he was out of commission for a while, and he was arrested. And they brought him up on uh, obstruction of justice and uh, resisting arrest, to which he was acquitted for both things in the courts. And then he said. 
great. Now I'm going to sue the NYPD Do for you Bill. Though. And he said, nah, you could have done this to any black guy in the street mm-hmm. wearing a hood, but you did it to an NBA basketball player who makes millions. So I lawyered up and I brought mine. <laughs> and so he sued NYPD. And for the last year, this has been going on. Oh, it's and, been going on. Oh, okay, I remember this. Mm-hmm. I remember this. He fought the, the system. News. He's yeah. been fighting the man for a year. And so finally, uh, the two sides came to a settlement in which uh, Cephalosha was granted uh, $4 million from New York City uh, to settle this case. And not admitting any fault. NYPD and New York City have not admitted any fault, but they are settling the case with him to just get it over with. Doesn't settling the case typically mean you, are, you have fault? I mean... Or you feel like, you know, I just want to shut this down because it's bad for PR for me right now. You can... I think that's the way people can look at it because if there's two... If it's he said, she said in a lot of, like, sexual assault cases... I mean, Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly. We'll call... I'll say Kobe. It's Kobe's case. And I'm sorry. I'm a big Kobe fan, but in in Eagle, Colorado, it was only two of them in that room. And at the end of the day, he just settled. I don't know what happened. I mean... What? <laughs> Vanessa got a big ring though, so that's okay. Vanessa got a big ring, and the marriage stayed together. We don't know what and happened they have two that beautiful day. Children, and, and neither side talks about it. Right. He and the other young woman, neither, neither of them talked about it after that day. So it is what it is. Both sides came to an agreement. Thabo came to an agreement with NYPD and saying, you know what, I'm not going to go much further with this, but. He stuck to his guns. And there were some interviews with him over the past year saying, why did you choose to do this? Because you could, you have a contract with the NBA You're that will take money? care of your leg. Yeah. You will be okay. You weren't acquitted for anything. Why are you suing the NYPD? And he came straight out and said, this is because of how I look and not because of mm. anything that I did. And they didn't expect me to come back at them with this. And what they did to me was completely unjustified and an abuse of power. Mm. And we see that in the African American community by all law enforcement time. all the time. This was and the you're time seeing it in the brown back. community with Muslim people. You're mm-hmm. like it's just happening a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was really happy to see that he pushed this as far as he did and that the city coughed up some money Good. to make this go down. And, you know, shout out to uh uh Cephalosha because he also is the only player I know in the NBA who rocks running shoes when he plays basketball. <laughs> this dude is out here wearing all kinds of Air Maxes. And I'm just like, you broke your leg. So You're going to break your ankles now, man. You need some protection. There's no, like, the traction and the setup on that is not, whatever. That's that's his thing. So, you know, shout out to a very unconventional uh, player and citizen of the league, Thabo Cephalosha, my person of the week. That's awesome. That's that's a pretty dope person. Thanks for bringing that up. That actually reminded me of. Um, so I watched the show Brooklyn Nine Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually really funny. I think you would like it. It's it's just quirky. You know, thirty minute show. I like. Uh, who's uh, the the lead? The guy. Um, um, he's from, from Lonely Island. Yeah, from Lonely Island. Uh, Andy Samberg. I like him. Um, so one of the this past week's episode was exactly about that what you just said oh really um yeah it like i, wow. I just put those two things together because i watched the episode this morning oh, cool. um and it was about terry the blacks um mm-hmm. cap he's not a captain he's like you know high level detective um is applying for this job apply for this job and um something happened and he's basically outside of his house looking for his daughter's like like binky doll thing that 
was missing because of Andy Samberg. Essentially, that's kind of the story. Right. And so it's the middle, it's like nighttime, and he's looking for this binky, found the binky, turns around, a cop's like, yo, what are you doing? You know? Um, and tries to arrest him. And he's he's trying to say, yo, I'm a detective, but he like he's doing exactly what the police officer is telling you to do, like drop what drop, you know, mm-hmm. drop the stuffed animal, raise your hands, like whatever, all these different things. And the minute and he didn't have his badge on him. Right. You know, because so, okay. he's in his PJs, like, yeah, he's trying to find domestic life. Yeah, he's like, I'm just a couple of blocks away from my house. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to find a, a a stuffed animal for my child, but he's a big black man, right, in a predominantly white neighborhood, and oftentimes, and this police officer. Where's this Ditmas Park? Where's this filmed? <laughs> it's which it's, part of Brooklyn? I well, I think this is filmed in um, in LA, but like the the the. <sighs> The show is based off of Brooklyn. It's one of those. Yeah. It's like Friends and things like that. I know. So sad. Okay. Um, but, uh, and so he goes on to, like, he's going to file a complaint, essentially, with this, you know, beat cop. Yeah. And um, his sergeant, who is also a black man, but a gay black man, yes. was like, was like, no, I'm not going to do, we're not going to do this. And he's like, what the hell? Of all people, you should understand that this is not okay, that this white beat cop clearly targeted me because I'm a black man. He even, like, sat down and, like, talked to this white cop, and the white cop's like, I only get called for people that look like you. That's why I stopped you. Like, like admitted mm-hmm. all these different things and yeah. wasn't going to change. Yeah. Um, eventually, the story goes, spoiler alert, like, they did put the report, and he ended up not getting the job. because, And that's why the lieutenant at, at first said, the captain was like, no, I'm not going to put it in because this could be career suicide for you. Mm. This could be like you, you, you know. I want you to be in a place where you can make those things stop. And then he himself realized, I'm a sergeant because I'm in a position. I'm in a position of power where I can make these things stop. And why right. am I telling another? That's where true. there are so many, yeah. for for a a comedy show that's you know 25, 30 minutes long. I was just like, you did that really well. Mm. Especially the interaction between two men, two black men, very different. Like lifestyles and like even character like as far as the the character of that one is concerned so just reminded you saying that reminded me of that like it's sometimes you get stopped for the color of your skin or just the way you look i know i've been victim to that um i'm sure you have been too yeah um and so regardless of all of those things like that's still not okay and sometimes you have to put yourself out there even at the risk of possibly your career or other yeah. opportunities and things like that because you don't want it to happen again Absolutely. to somebody else. So, awesome being dope to, I forget his name again. Pablo Cephalosha. It's a hard one. Yeah, but you know what? Names are important. I want to say it right, so yeah. I, will, I, will, I will learn it. Um, so, my dope person um, is, uh, yeah. <laughs> my dope person is someone that I've admired for some time now. I've been following him for some time. Um, his name is Hassan Minaj. Uh, no, not Nicki Minaj. Hassan Minaj. And that, you're like, dude, that sounds like a Muslim name. It is. <laughs> um, and I just, everyone just sit, sit into it. Um, Hassan, and I also want to give a shout out to Samantha B as well. Mm-hmm. Um who did an amazing not the White House uh, correspondence dinner was really fun and awesome too. Um, so that whole day, that whole I think it was a Wednesday that that happened, the White House correspondence dinner, which forty five decided I'm, not to. My come blood to. is boiling right now. Just <laughs> the, as as you're talking, I'm going to another level. Keep going. <laughs> Go ahead. And you don't you don't get super angry. So which is I'm not angry. No, but you you know I'm just 
It's incredulous. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Hasan Minaj was essentially the the roaster for the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Um, and he, I think, just did a fantastic job. Um, it was a tough room, especially when you, the person you are roasting is not there, and they're not there to react to it as well as you know, go up themselves and say some jokes and things like that. Um, I personally... He couldn't joke anyway. No. I personally think he would have bombed, like, everything. Absolutely. He would have been... He's not charming, like... He's so charismatic. 44. No, he's not. No, he's weird. Um, So Hassan has been on the scene for some time now. Um, He has a Netflix special that's coming out called Homecoming King. um, Oh, yeah. That I personally saw when it first came out in New York City. He was doing a couple of shows um, off-Broadway, not too far from where we are right now. And um, it, it really spoke about being Indian, being Muslim, being an immigrant kid, the things that he was kind of he like grew up with and talking about and so i remember sitting on sitting and i think i told you this um i remember sitting on you know in the audience and being like oh my god it's not exactly my story but this is so damn mm-hmm. similar to my story of like being an immigrant desi kid growing up and being yeah. different not being white enough not being brown enough not you know all these different things i've only heard a couple things from his childhood growing up mm-hmm. when he did some interviews yeah. and it's just really yeah, it's fascinating, his he, story. He's super, like, he, he's married to a Hindu woman, as he mm-hmm. talks about that in Homecoming King. I believe, so his Homecoming King thing has, has been going on for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, he clo- I saw it, like, his closing week with a bunch of other uh, Daisy friends of mine mm-hmm. in the New York City, Philadelphia area that came out to see it. Um, and it was fantastic. I got to meet him. He is so cute. He is, like, disgustingly handsome. Um, and um, I've, I have a lot of feelings about boys today, apparently. <laughs> when you said his name earlier, you were stroking your hair. And just yeah. now you touched your hair again. I was like, okay, that's fine. People on, on radio, okay, I'm just letting you know. Apparently that's how I flirt. I've, I've gotten so much better at flirting, thanks to my friend Winston and Alex here. I'm a much better flirter. Bryce, Bryce, pretty good now. I've, I've come, I've come a long way. You have. <laughs> I've come a long way hair. as I continue stroking stop, my hair. Stop doing that. It's okay. too fast. Okay. <laughs> this is getting weird. Um, so he did the White House Correspondence Center. Had some, I thought, some really great jokes. Some people had some thoughts about it wasn't that great or whatever. But I thought he did a really good job. Did you see the White House Correspondence? Center? Yeah, I watched it almost twice. Yeah, it, I thought like it was really funny. Times. I loved that he he talked about how he is the ninth Muslim speaking at the White House Correspondence Dinner because you know eight years yes. Obama being yeah. Yeah. you know quote unquote a Muslim <laughs> a Muslim you yeah. know immigrant like illegal person I guess. Um, uh, I just thought he did a really good job, and I'm I'm really I'm it's I'm I'm always about seeing representation yeah. uh, in media in culture. Um, growing up, I didn't I didn't always see people that looked like me doing cool things, and a week later at the Met Gala, there's him and just all these beautiful brown people, um, specifically Desi folks that I was just like. Ugh. Yeah. They didn't steal the show. I know there's some BuzzFeed article out there. They stole the show. I thought they did because I was just really excited. There were but six. There were six. Can of them. we just have this, please? <laughs> What's that? Dude, come on. Well, I discount the men because the men, him and um, Aziz. Mm-hmm. And there was another gentleman, uh, Daisy Aziz. gentleman. 
Who else was there? I'm not oh, sure. Riz, Riz Abid. Okay. They were all Riz. wearing black tuxes, black tie, as one does at those kind of events. Mm-hmm. But the ladies, like Priyanka Chopra. Beautiful. Very nice dress mm-hmm. with this like button down trench coat kind of look with a long train on and it. And then it, it converted into a short mini. It's really cute. Did it really? I didn't see that part. Like, Don't worry Transformer. about it. It's, and it looks great. Yeah. Um, your girl. Um, Deepika. Deepika was there. Yeah. Deep- Oh my god, what was that noise? <laughs> I'm, I'm stroking my hair right now, too. You can't see it, but I'm stroking Deepika my hair. Deepika is uh, Alex's boo thing. Um, she's, uh, I think she's an admirable person. Oh, and she's, oh, I love her. Um, Deepika was there, um, Mindy Kaling was there, and things mm-hmm. like that, too. So I just, again, representation is super important, and, I, and it's great to kind of see. Uh, I, I thought I thought it was admirable for the White House Correspondents like Association mm-hmm. picking um, Assam Minaj to be there um, and say and to have someone who looked like him, yeah, be the, person. the first thing he said. Yeah, he's just like, oh, look at that. Yeah, and he said it, I thought it was funny. He goes, no one else wanted this job, so no they, gave one, <laughs> they gave it to an immigrant. They gave it to an immigrant. You are like, welcome. He was like, Don Rickles died last week, so he wouldn't have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how real it got. So I just, I, he's my dope person because I think he's also, he's incredibly woke, incredibly gracious with his words, and mm-hmm. he's also one of the lead correspondents, head correspondents for The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, mm-hmm. um, which I'm a big fan of, too. So it's, I just think, yeah. You know what? I want to talk about, I loved his correspondence dinner. I thought that was... Mm-hmm. Um, very well done for those 25 minutes. He was delivering raw stuff. And he even went in on the news media. Yeah. And he held them everybody. accountable. He said, more now than ever, I need you to be perfect. Yeah. The same way that Obama had to be perfect. You need to be perfect. This yeah. guy is saying things that are not true about you and right. calling you fake news. Mm-hmm. You have to be beyond reproach. Right. You have to be impeccable not with your words. Right. All of this needs to be researched, fact-checked. It needs to go through a system. Not every, as you said, not everything CNN can be breaking news. Yeah, that's 15 can't. seconds, dude. Right, giving me, giving me anxiety. Just take an hour <laughs> before the show. Breathe. Write down some thoughts. <laughs> get it together and then say it. Wolf. Um, but anyway. Wolf didn't laugh at that. No. I was like, come on, dude. He, he's smart. Chuck, it, yeah. Wolf took it fine. Yeah. But uh, he's got Have a thick skin. The CNN president, um, I forget his name, Jeff something. Um, uh-huh. Thought thought he was he did really well and loved the jokes. So yeah. I thought that was that. I think that's admirable. But his intersection as a Indian mm-hmm. American mm-hmm. who is also Muslim, mm-hmm. I think is interesting. As you said, he's married to a Hindu uh, woman. Indian woman. Yeah. Yes, and so people will look at him from an outward profile and just assume, as I did before I knew he was a Muslim, I assumed because his family is Indian. Probably Hindu, mm-hmm. but no, he's Muslim because mm-hmm. there are a lot of Muslims in India actually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it's the second biggest uh, mm-hmm. uh, religion in the area. And so he was on a podcast. You made it weird. Yeah, yep. he was on PD's podcast, and he PD talked Holmes, about. We love you. Yo, I met dude. I met a young man this past week, who uh, we were talking. And he was like, I, I do stand-up comedy. I do some gigs here and there. Yeah. And this guy, I was talking, I was like, he reminds me so much of Pete Holmes. And so I said to him, like, do you listen to, 
or have you heard of You Made It Weird? And he goes, Pete Holmes is the reason I do stand-up comedy. Oh, that's awesome. His kid's 20, 21, and he's been going to, like, all these shows in New York and doing stand-up, and he's hosting an open mic on some nights and everything. I was like, man, you go ahead and crush it. I'm, he's from Ohio, mm-hmm. small town, that's and just, so like, awesome. you know, just reminds me of, of Pete in so many ways. But no, Pete Holmes, you are, you're definitely t- on the top there on our list of people we'd love to have on the show. I would love to talk to Hassan Minaj about his views on religion Mm -hmm. because he doesn't I mean it doesn't come up a lot Mm -hmm. but from what I heard on that interview it's important to him Mm -hmm. and uh, he said some things about he couldn't quite wrap his mind around atheism Mm -hmm. and so I identify as an atheist Um, but I could also go agnostic if Mm -hmm. you, uh, you catch me on a certain day right depends on how you define both terms I think it gets slippery for people it really depends on how you define it but he uh, he was, like, trying to wrap his mind around how people might believe in nothing. Mm. And I, was, I thought that was interesting. I was like, I, he's a sharp cat. So there could be a, a conversation out of that because I think uh, his perception of it, I'd be interested to know how he frames it as being an atheist. Because mm. he's in comedy. Right. And a lot of comedians are atheists. Are atheists because, mm-hmm. the, you know, the absurdity, the point of being a comic is to me not being one but just from what I hear from Pete show is to point out absurdities and in- inconsistencies in the, world, yeah. in the world and so like religion is an easy target because it has a lot of mythology and you know these verses that rely on faith because mm-hmm. reason is not the cornerstone of it yeah. I mean, you can have a historical basis to it based on a true story but no one walks on water and no one's born from a virgin birth and I that's was. what Right, except for you and Jesus. And my sisters. And your sisters. Yep. So Rye and all of her sisters right. and Jesus. Are the only immaculate conceptions. The only ones, mm-hmm. right. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think you can, you can point at religion and say, that doesn't make sense, and we can make a lot of jokes about it. Hassan somehow traverses both of those. He can be a man of faith, also be a comedian, mm-hmm. and then he has views about atheism, which so many other comics identify with. Yeah. And like... You can go down the list. Right. Anyway, I think that's that's something I'd like to talk to him about. Something I realized the other day. Yeah. This is, this is like maybe a month ago. I tinkered with this idea, but then I really thought about how other people might think about it who sit on the other side of politics from me, on the other side of the spectrum. Sure. Look at all the jabs that the Correspondence Dinner gave to 45. Mm-hmm. Look at all the late night shows. They give jabs at 45. Man. Can you name one that doesn't criticize him? No. No, I can't. So I'll go through the list of shows that are late nights. We got Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon. We got Stephen Colbert. I'm not saying the actual names of the show because I don't even remember. It's like Late Show This Tonight and Late Show Tonight Show. I don't Seth know the Myers. names. Seth Myers. Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. Samantha B. Samantha B. The only woman in there. Yeah. And then you have um, John Oliver. John Oliver, yeah. On Sundays. Yeah, that's seven. Can you name a conservative counter to that? A late night conservative show? I mean, I don't watch it. Maybe there's something they on exist? Fox News. Maybe they exist on Fox News? Yeah, but those are political. Like, they don't have a late night satirical show. Which is why the media is corrupt. <laughs> That's, so I think the point is this. If you can poke fun at something with absurdity right. and satire and just point out all this yeah. junk, mm-hmm. 
there must be something flawed in the system if you can make jokes out of it that easily. If you can do shows every night that can talk about this. So that's the point. Like, I really think for people who are on the conservative side, you got to build a bridge and understand where the other side's coming from. Mm -hmm. The redder states. Right. We'll say that. But I need you. I need you to laugh at yourself. I need you to look at what you're watching at night. Saturday Night Live, Mm -hmm. John Oliver, Daily Show, Stephen Colbert, all these people that you might watch at night. What they're saying is not untrue. Right. So, like, show me someone who makes funny on Fox News about the liberal media. Mm-hmm. And then... But the thing is, too, like, the all of the people that you named mm-hmm. also make fun of the liberal media. Yeah, they do, too. They do both. They're I mean, fair. I think they... I, well, not always no, that's fair. fair. They're not fair. They're not right. always they're fair. Not always, I think they're not always... They beat up on... Absolutely, they yes. beat up on 45. Yes. I mean... But it's an easy target. Yeah, it's an easy target, and rightfully so, in my opinion, because it's more leading to my political views and thoughts. So it's absurd. Right. But, I mean, they'll, you know, they they can make fun of CNN and say, say, not everything is breaking news every 15 minutes, you know? And so that's that's the kind of, like, juncture we're at. But when I think about, when I think about Hassan, I keep on touching my hair when I say his name, I need to stop. Um, I just like my hair, okay? Um, yeah, okay. I just, uh, I'm, I'm impressed with him. I'm really excited to see what he, like, becomes, like, what becomes of him and that cohort of, like, really beautiful brown, black, brown yeah, sure. and black men and women and transgender folks in that realm. I'm really excited for the things that could happen and hopefully people watch and listen. That's just, at least that's I like my hope. That. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Good, good deal. Hassan. Hassan that's Minaj. A good pick. Yeah. He's just for this week. I oh. mean, there's so much more. There's so much that we covered today. That was a lot. This is a long episode. This is almost going to be three hours, which is. Holy crap. It's going to be a lot. All right. Well, sorry. Damn. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. That's... I think, I think we had a lot to talk about and a lot to say, but all good things must come, must come to an end. Yeah. Let's um, do it. So, anything else? Any parting words? Hey, thanks everyone for listening for episode two. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. So, uh, we'll catch you later. Cheers.